Whoops. Hey, hey, hey. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Sea Report coming to you live on this Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening, rather, June 30th, 2021. Already here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We are here at the last day of June. We are officially over the hump of the year, uh, you know, as June is mid-year here in the world that we call earth <laughs> anyways ladies and gentlemen how's everyone doing tonight i hope everyone's having a great evening and um i hope everyone is well rested and ready for a good show tonight uh yeah we got a lot of uh well we got some news coming up ahead of you guys tonight we'll be talking a bit about michigan tonight as i promised that i'd be talking with you guys about michigan and what's going on over there and also we'll be reviewing some more trump news now a lot of y'all probably are very well aware that President Trump was at the border this afternoon. Uh, he met there with uh, um, the people of the border, as well as the Border Patrol, uh, ICE, and uh, Governor Greg Abbott, and also a bunch of the other scallywags of the Texas House, right? Uh, I think uh, Lieutenant Dan Patrick was there. And uh, also, who else was there? Oh, we know uh, Ken Paxton was there. I don't have any issues with Ken Paxton as of yet, but um, indeed, indeed, indeed. So we'll be uh, touching on to some of that. Uh, looks like we got uh, some people coming in. We are live at uh, the Twitch, the Foxhole app, and the Trobo. Um, and howdy, Texan. I got a uh, Texan in the chat <laughs> saying, hello, sir. Hello, hello, hello. All systems go, Texan. You just let me know when you say the word and we're ready to go. Um, and yes, sir. So, okay. So uh, let's see here. Let's see what we got now. Okay. So first of all, first and foremost, I think we are going to do a bit of a chat recap. Today's chat recap might be a little bit of a might be a little bit of another uh, messy kind of foo-foo ride <laughs> just because I got through about, yeah, I don't know, a quarter of it before I had to get on today. I think, you know, I like to review it just, just to know, you know, because I do read through the chats, but, uh, you know, I like to make sure I'm able to uh, respond accordingly. Uh, but yeah, last, uh, last episode, what is it that we were talking about? We were talking about, uh, we were, oh yes, that's right. We were talking about uh, uh, Defense Secretary uh, General... Uh, General Austin, uh, Lloyd Austin, uh, and uh, just uh, kind of the way that he's leading uh, our military and armed forces. So, yep, there's that. Hello, Katie Man, 63, over on Twitch. How are you doing tonight, madam? Um, uh, good, thanks for joining us. I know you said it'd be late by the time I went on, so I appreciate you hanging out there. Uh, let's see. Mitradati says, we're you at the border with Trump. The Gov and Alex Jones. Well, Mitridate, if you're implying that I'm Mexican, no, just kidding, Mitridate. I know that. Um, no, Mitridate, I was not at the border, but we were live at the border. Uh, so if you'd like to catch those replays, you just go on over to my Pilled account or my Foxhole app account. You click on Mr. C, 
And then uh, I have the two replays there from this afternoon. Now we had him uh, at the border in one of the instances, and then we also had him doing a press conference um, as well. So uh, that was the way that was going down. They should be working. There was actually, you know, I might actually have to get a hold of uh, of uh, the bosses uh, later on because I think actually one of them wasn't working quite as well. Uh, so um, I think that might have been the first one. Yeah, the first one, we only got about nine minutes of that one. Now, that one was more like about 45 minutes. It was a press conference, 45 minutes to an hour. I was not aware that Alex Jones was there. I don't listen to the man. I don't follow the man. And uh, I don't uh, pretend to follow him. So, <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those things. It's kind of a mitradate. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Like, if you're out of my life, I just, you know... I don't mess with you, look at you, or even waste my time on you anymore. And uh, that's pretty much the way it is with Alex Jones and other individuals that, uh, I don't know. I mean, Alex Jones never bothered me. He never picked on me. Uh, he, he gave me a pretty firm handshake the time that I met him. But uh, that was about it. All right. And let me go ahead and see... All right, so what am I doing here? I am. I'm gonna check out see what's going on in the Foxhole app because uh, they've had a lot of buffering today, and you know, rather than call to power uh, that they might be going under some sort of attack or whatever, uh, I'd rather just uh, not acknowledge that and throw positive vibes and prayers in their direction. I think that's the best thing to do, honestly. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, ch I'm checking to see what streams are buffering over on the Foxhole app because, you know, I mean, maybe it's not that we're getting attacked. I mean, there are a lot of uh, content creators that go live at the 7 and 8 o'clock hour. Um, and some of them are just in buffer wheels. But I think those are just the ones that were like on earlier today. So I don't know, guys, stick around with me as long as you'd like, um, as long as this uh, feed is going on the Fox. Now, I went ahead and I decided to I went ahead and decided to pop my um, other app addresses down in the little ticker tape below. So if uh, the stream does go out, you can always listen there and chat over at the Foxhole app if that's what you prefer to do. Now, I am currently not in the bunker. Um, I, I think there is a process that it takes to become a bunker streamer. So as soon as I figure that out, as soon as I get answers, I shall uh, see if I can't qualify for um, being part of the bunker. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. <laughs> we got a lot of people coming in right now. Just V, hi, Just V, how you doing? Uh, let's see here. Pixelating and looping. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Um, but like I said, if you want if you want to chat in Foxhole or at Pilled and listen over at Twitch or Trovo, I would recommend that if it keeps doing that, uh, because otherwise you're not going to catch any of this replay. And based on what it's doing right now, uh, when I'm uh, speaking pragmatically, of course, uh, this stream will probably not be good when this show's over. I bet you money. Uh, but that doesn't mean it won't get fixed because, uh, uh, you know, uh, they like to keep us nice and comfy over at the Foxhole app with many thanks uh, appreciated from content creators and viewers alike. Hey, Cloudwatcher, how's it going? Good to see you. All right. Okay, so let's see. 
yes, Alex Jones is gross and creepy. I, I just, you know, I don't listen to Alex Jones, you know, because granted, you know, he presented a lot of information back in the day when I used to listen to him. Now, this is like probably pre-2018, maybe 2017. That's when I was really an Alex Jones listener. Um, and uh, yeah, he does present a lot of information um, that, uh, you know, you can go somewhere with. You really can. Um, however, uh, there's a lot of omission from his work. And uh, there's also a lot of stuff. Now, maybe what I should do. So glad I finally caught you live. Twitch is five by five right now. Hey, Deplora Laura. <laughs> Welcome to the Twitch stream for Mr. C and the Mr. C report or the C report. So I don't know why am I calling it the Mr. C report lately. Uh, but anyhow, um, as I was saying in regards to Alex Jones, uh, you know, there's a video out there and maybe I can find it and maybe we can do watch party. It's about an hour long that this dude put together. And in the video, he basically exposes, basically exposes everything with receipts and, you know, the sauce and all that stuff, the secret sauce about Alex Jones. Uh, I was like, whoa, I was like, dude, like this guy actually had the information um, and it wasn't just Alex Jones. It was also Rob Dew and Owen Schroyer. So these guys are all like basically in cahoots. Um, now, I, I, I would like to say that Alex Jones is a good man and that he means well and he's a patriot and he's really fighting for this country. But he's got to be he's got to be compromised or blackmailed. And I don't care to speculate anymore. But I mean, for the man's, uh, you know, for the man to have his name appear in email communications with an email handle, uh, you know, to like the Stafford group, you know, which is also a military industrial complex kind of PR firm that works out of Austin, Texas, and he works with them. And he has been for more than 10 years. Um, you know, at what point is this guy not, you know, sold out at what point is this guy just not an infiltrator? At what point is this guy not a patriot, P-A-Y-T-R-I-O-T? At what point is this guy not a shill, you know? Because uh, he might tell you just enough truth, but at the end of the day, he's going to omit the real truths. And he's he's defended Stafford Group. Um, he's even He's even made it seem like he was against them back in the day. And then, of course... Um, uh, with no, with no quorum towards Q or, or anything like that. Uh, we all know how he feels about Q, uh, but I think probably the worst of his offenses, at least to me, um, is that he, uh, he, he said, and there is video of him saying that uh, the worst thing that ever happened to America was President Trump. He said, Trump is the worst thing. He says he never, he wishes he never missed, he, he misses, he says he wishes he never met President Trump. Uh, he said, F Trump, you know, I've seen him say it on video. So I don't understand how people could still flock to this guy, let alone stomach to listen to him when he said things like that. Now, that's not being a fanboy of Trump, you know, that's not being uh, um, uh, beholden to the cult of personality. Um, there, here is a man who, despite all his imperfections versus every other president in the last, what, two or three decades, did more 
than any other president in one term, as well as accomplished more of his promises, his campaign promises, his promises to the people, right? So why on earth would I even give someone like Alex Jones my time of day? I don't care if his reports and his uh, show has uh, sauce or has receipts. It doesn't matter. I mean, unless you're listening to it to get that kind of insider track information, but then you have to question, you know, who his insiders are really part of. Like I heard that Steve Pachenik is actually his handler, you know, and I used to think Steve Pachenik was a pretty cool guy, but um, I, I'm going to have to show you guys that video. We're going to have to have a little watch party on Alex Jones uh, because this guy, he's a, a total shill Patriot sellout compromised gray hat i guess you can well we'll we'll call him a gray hat we'll be euphemistic about it right uh because otherwise i i don't care to listen to this man at all i don't care to give him my time my his time of day he took enough of my money you know i spent enough of my money buying his his uh you know his um his medicines and his his uh brain force and stuff like that like i took that stuff now, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you how it made me feel because I'm not going to I'm not going to endorse the man in any way whatsoever. Like this guy is a total sellout shield. There's paperwork to prove it. And I think supporting him, basically, you're just basically supporting uh, the black hats, the deep state and the globalists, because that is who he works for. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no need to be. Uh, there's no need to be uh, on the fence in regards to this, you know, situation. Like he totally works for them. I don't care who it is. I don't care, you know, what who signs his paycheck. I don't care if it's Jim Jones. I don't care if it's if it's Soros. I don't care who signs his paycheck. It doesn't matter. The point of the fact is he works for these people as a compromised agent. He has to be compromised. If not, he was there from the start. He wasn't compromised. He was with them from the jump, ladies and gentlemen. That's just the sad truth of it. Some people have said that, you know, he was the pioneer in a lot of these things. Like, what am I doing right now? You know, he was the pioneer of like this type of show, you know, and sure, all credit is due where credit is due. But um, maybe there's a reason why he was pioneering that, you know, maybe there's a reason why. Uh, he was at the head of all of that when he was. So uh, Deplora Laura says, AJ did wake up lots of folks, but then got paid off after Parkland. Well, you know, Deplora Laura, you know, he was very instrumental in the genesis of my awakening. Like back in 2008, I used to have a podcast called Voice of the People. And that was me railing against the Federal Reserve Central Bank of America. And <laughs> I can tell you for a fact, Deplora Laura, <clears throat> I probably sound a lot like Alex Jones back then. You know, he was he was very instrumental in my genesis as well. You know, I'll always be grateful for that. You know what they say about exes and people that are no longer your friends? Uh, you're They're there for you to learn something from them. And indeed, I could say uh, I did learn something from Alex Jones, but I also learned that the craftiness of these infiltrators, especially long, long game infiltrators, they are quite crafty. Uh, Katie Mann says, I see him as another fringe truther now. His importance has diminished. Yeah, I mean, truther, but let's not forget about those lies of omission. We can't trust him given what we know about the agencies. I would agree with that. All right. 
Yes, Mitradate. I am aware that Twitch is owned by Jeff Bezos. Amazon? Yep. Yep, that's very true. A very true fact. Let's see who else we got in the house today. Uh, Mitradate, I did some research on Twitch. There, there are girls wearing in hot tubs. Yeah, you know, Mitradate, there's a lot of fun stuff over there on Twitch. A lot of fun stuff on Twitch. Uh, J <laughs> I mean, I would never watch that stuff, but you know what? If if there's one on live right now that floats your boat, Mitradate, you're more than welcome to uh, hop on over. Uh, Just V says, if uh, AJ was a politician, we'd be looking for someone to primary him. I think so, too. Uh, I think it's a shame that not enough people are aware of uh, what he and his outfit uh, are, are a part of or have been a part of. Rob Dew, particularly. Rob Dew, very interesting character. He's got a lot of family in the FBI and CIA. Uh, very interesting. And Owen Schroyer ties to some drug people, uh, at least according to that documentary I saw. Um, let's see here. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get into some of yesterday's uh, chat recap. <laughs> uh, yesterday we had the Texan in the house, Posse for Hope, Dur Durius looking up, Just V, Pilled by the Rabbit, Monkey Toe 71, The Patriot 1776, Tam Growl. We had uh, Ohio Kimmy gifting a cookie, Monkey Toe 71, talking about Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, he was a dude that played Dracula. I don't know who that chick was. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I, I Somehow I thought I knew that Gary Oldman played in Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think I knew. Uh, I like Gary Oldman. Um, I'm a fan of his. But uh, yeah, um, we're talking about uh, Lisa Gerard. Lisa Gerard looked exactly like... Uh, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula when he was the old man with the big old um, double double um, <laughs> beehive hairdo. Anyways, Carrie Lake was in the house. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Deplora Laura says she loves the Texan. Ah, uh, yeah. Hey, if we're lucky tonight, Texan might be calling in. Hopefully he does it before I get into the news. Um, let's see here. Uh, we got uh, Monkey to 71 saying, according to Real Raw News, uh, Bill Barr is at Gitmo. Sigh, I don't think so. Oh, real raw news. I did my heart well whenever I saw the responses to that comment. Just be real raw news has proven that they can't be trusted. Dpatriot 1776 says real raw news is run by clowns. All fake news. Absolutely. Um, I actually did read that article about Bill Barr. Um, I think, didn't it say he was, he was hanged or was that John Owen Brennan that said that he was hanged? Like, come on. Like the only thing that I think a rag like that is good for is maybe, uh, helping people to, I don't know, uh, um, visualize the future. <laughs> That's the only thing that a magazine like that is good for. How many times has real Ron you said that Hillary Clinton has been hanged or died, right? Um, I think Real Raw News is where uh, David Zublick over at um, Truth Unsealed. Oh, wait, it's not called that anymore. It's called The Dark Matter or something like that. I think that's where he gets most of his intel from. Sorry, David Zublick and your uh, shifty shift lizard eyes. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't think that that has happened yet. Uh, I'm pretty sure... 
that these guys have not been hanged just yet. Although, uh, when it comes to helping us visualize the future and project our dreams, uh, I think I guess that's the only thing that real raw news is good for. Uh, Pilled by the rabbit says, uh, Mr. C, you're talking about your skull. What do they call a gathering of foxes? A skull. Is that true, Pilled by the rabbit? I had no idea. So apparently my skull is, you know, like a gathering of foxes. I like it. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. <coughs> Monkey Toe says, you are a digital soldier. Mr. C, share your truth. And then Posse for Hope says, we are truth soldiers. Yes, I like that. Okay, cool. So, all right. So I do qualify. I do qualify as a digital soldier. Thank you very much. But truth soldiers, oh, yes, that, that definitely uh, resonates with me. Napkinator 70, uh, 79 given, gifting them shades. Joy for Trump working and a lurking. Vanguard 360 in the house. Blonde Blue Lady Q in the house. Cloud Watcher. Oh my Kim gifting that cookie. Thank you so much. Monkey Toe 71 says, Bubble Butt Bar is done. I like it. We're, we're going to have to like see how many uh, um, uh, consonants that we can come out consonants rhymes that we can come up with a billion bar, the beluga well B2 bomber, booby boy, bubble butt bar. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The AZ GOP strip the SOS of the power. Her power says Tam Grell. Yes, Tam Grell. We reported that back in May. Uh, back in May, they had that in the works, and I believe they just voted on it. Now, they had, um, they had basically stripped her of her powers back in May. They just sealed the deal, uh, like, what was it, this past week? Uh, so Katie Schnobbs over there in Arizona can no longer rule. She can now, They didn't strip her of all her powers. She can just no longer rule on anything that has to do with the audits there in Arizona. That goes to A.G. Bronovich over there in Arizona. We'll see what he does with it because he's been a sleeping, hopefully a sleeping bear, right? Someone go poke Bronovich, okay? Wake him the hell up. All right, let's see what else we got in the house today. McCain was a McStain on our country, says Monkey Toes. Uh, and the general is bought and paid for, says Blonde Blue Lady Q. Of course, again, we were talking about, uh, well, we could be talking about most, if not all the generals. And I guess it wouldn't be fair to say all the generals, right? But most of the generals brought over, uh, bought and paid for. I really do think that there is a clique of generals, like the good old boys generals club, right? Where they get together and they figure out exactly what it is that they're going to be doing. I mean, they, they probably have their own entire like faction or wing of the deep state. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. Um, I need to do some more research into that. I need to really dig some more into that. I had seen this one documentary, I think, that talked about the four rogue generals, but there was a fifth one who is the oldest one. I think I mentioned him yesterday. I don't remember what his name was, but he looked like Emperor Palpatine. And apparently this guy is the one who's been running the, the generals. So I guess, you know, when you get up high enough in the rank and you're making enough money and then you get involved in the military industrial complex and you go work for an arms manufacturer or what have you, uh, some sort of contractor uh, as a board member or whatever, uh, then you get invited to that club. And this is all about bringing down America or, you know, I mean, that's the way it would seem to me. General Jim Jones has done more to bring down America through, uh, you know, his his illegal um, uh, 
purchasing of all of our data uh, and, and then also through the software that he's been running, uh, he's truly harmed the world. Like, you know, how is it ethical in any way? I mean, yes, I get it. We're America. We should all be for what America wants to do. But how is it ethical for us to mess with other people's uh, lives, other people's um, um, elections, other people, anything? You know, it's not ethical, you know, and why is it that, you know, the heads of our country uh, in regards to our defense, why is it that they cannot fight a fair fight? I mean, okay, yeah, I get it. Like the enemy will never fight fairly, but, you know, it, there's something to be said about keeping the moral high ground. Like we don't have to play dirty. Uh, we definitely sell out a piece of our soul when we do things like that. And I don't believe in that, you know, it might be harder, you know, it might be easier to play dirty, you know, it might be easier to play dirty. And of course there are different varying uh, levels of dirty, right. When we're talking about that, um, we're not, we're not necessarily saying that, uh, I mean, uh, things, it, it's all circumstantial, ladies and gentlemen. It's all circumstantial, right? But uh, but when we're talking about you know deceit and and stealing people's personal private data in order to like uh, figure out how to manipulate them and and doing that on uh, you know the level of uh, a city, a neighborhood, a country, even like that just isn't right. You know, like if if we have freedom of speech and we have privacy protection, you know, through for like our fourth and fifth amendment rights, for example, um, why are we not exercising that for the people of the world, even if they are not American? There's something to be said about practicing what we preach. And if these generals can't do that because they have companies that, you know, take all of our data, take all of their data and they use it to manipulate, you know, they've done a greater disservice to this world and to this country than, you know, um, some, I don't know, Taliban force over there in Iraq or something like that. At least that's just how I feel about it. So anyways, uh, the generals, yeah, they're rogue generals, bought and paid for. I'm pretty sure. Now, you know, people like to sit around on the fence. I've been hearing a lot of people sitting on the fence for some reason the past couple of days, especially on things like Bill Barr, you know, uh, and, and like uh, General Milley, like uh, as far as I have known, General Milley has always been a deep state sellout shill hack, you know. Uh, but then again, I have a longer memory than most people who woke up in 2017. And I'm not trying to I'm not by any means, you know, um, uh, patronizing or like uh, co being condescending towards people who woke up in 2017. But um, as far as I know, Millie's always been on the out and outs as a bad guy. Uh, I mean, but that's just all I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, um, there's no need to sit on the fence about some of these people. Some of these people are sitting around like uh, maybe they're afraid that they're not going to get their own retribution. Um, so they're they're offering retribution to these scoundrels and these treasonous sobs. Right. Well, you know what? Redemption, my friend. I believe in redemption. You know, I believe that you can redeem yourself if you've done wrong. You know, I believe in forgiveness, you know, so I, I would I would say it. I would say it's pretty easy to say that when you're talking to red blooded American patriots, that you're not outside of the realm of forgiveness. You just have to come clean. 
You have to come clean, okay? You have to take responsibility for your actions. You have to take responsibility for your words. That is part of being an adult and a good human being, if you ask me. And, uh, and, and when it comes to that, I mean, what else can I say? You can be forgiven uh, if you come clean and, and you don't need to, to pretend to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, want to or want to not uh, uh, forgive or hold these people up against the wire because you're, I don't know, projecting your own sins on everything. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let me get off my soapbox because I got a special guest for you guys right now. Uh, the man is on the road and he's got some limited time. So let me go and bring him in. I'm actually going to have to put my headsets on for this. Hold on. Okay. All right. Let me get you bigger on the screen, buddy. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we got the Texan joining us live here on the Sea Report. What is going on, Texan? Uh, howdy, howdy, everybody. What the hell ain't going on, dude? This is a heavy news day, dude. And, uh, you said it. Yeah, I, I've been catch, I've been catching most of your uh, most of your show, man, since it started. Uh, General Milley, what a freaking letdown, dude! After he got up there and showboated and everything about. You're not going to pass 21 Jump Street and blah, 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 blah. And come to find mm -hmm. out, he's just just a part of the son of a bitches as the rest of them are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, people are people are kind of saying, well, maybe he's just playing his part. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Millie, you know, you know, Millie was one of the guys who was against the Insurrection Act into well, during Trump's administration when they had like the, the summer of rage going on. Not to mention that, yeah. but it, that would that also effectively stopped the insurrection act that Trump could have put on during November twenty, uh, January twentieth as well. Like that's just another you know feather in his black hat, you know. <laughs> well, as far as playing his part, yeah, he's playing his part. He's playing his part for the deep state by thinking, uh, you know, getting everybody to believe that we could uh, we could trust him and believe in him, and, and Trump could trust him, and you know, everybody was. You know, rah, rah, rah behind the guy and everything. Listen to this and here we go. And then, yeah, yeah, we were all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah we, I could see him. I could see him with his rainbow colored garter belts on sitting underneath that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And his white rage. You know, I'm surprised he wasn't, you know, going for the transgenders or something like that in the military. So. <laughs> God, I mean, I don't know, dude. What what a damn letdown. As far as Alex Jones goes, I mean, you know, he, he sells snake oil. That's all he's ever done. I mean. Uh, I, I used to listen to the guy a long time ago. I never put much stock mm -hmm. into what he said, even though I knew there was a lot of bad things going on, mm -hmm. you know, especially over the past 20 years. But he's a performer. You know, that's mm -hmm. all he is. You know, he's in it for the money. He's in it for the fame. And whenever he was sued, I don't know if y'all remember this, but whenever he was sued in court, he admitted mm -hmm. that it wasn't news that he was reporting. It was just for all for entertainment purposes. Yeah, he said you that know, in his so deposition. It, yeah, he could stand up there and, you know, try to convince people that he's a champion for, you know, human rights, uh, American way, and all this bullshit, dude. The, the guy's in it for a buck. Yep. It's yep, simple as that. Yep, I so don't, I yeah. Feel, I, I feel sorry for any – I feel sorry for anybody that's actually still following that guy and, and believing in him, man. You know, so anyway – yeah, I know those were a couple of topics that you were talking about. I, I got the catch, man. I was getting I was getting pissed off listening to listening <laughs> to uh, the Alex Jones thing and stuff and Millie. 
Yeah, man, that's just uh, that was coming off the top of my head right now. So just going through the chat recap and stuff like that. But for sure, dude, for sure. So, man. OK, so we got you on the road now. Yeah, I hope you're driving safe. I know you are. <laughs> oh, how's your day been otherwise? I know uh, we were talking the other day on the phone uh, a little bit of a, a covid conundrum that you've been facing lately. Um, we talked a bit about we talked about the first time on uh, uh, on the show, didn't we or no? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we did a little bit. Yeah, we did. And then uh, I had another doctor's appointment with the, at another doctor's office. Now the first doctor, they, they were like really sketchy about stuff and everything, but they, they went ahead and they saw me and, you know, they made, you know, certain, uh, exemptions for me and stuff, whatever they saw me, but this was a different doctor's office on Monday that I went to. And mm-hmm. I was uh, first time, first time to go there. Totally different deal there, man. So my appointment was at 1030 Monday morning, right? And uh, I called them on Friday. And I said, hey, look, we got a medical condition. Can't wear the mask. Just letting you all know that. Oh, no, no problem, sir. Yeah, we'll, we'll make exemptions for you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Blah, blah, blah. So 1015, I'm sitting in the parking lot of the doctor's office, and I call them back. And I'm like, hey, it's me. Want to let you know, mask thing, you know, doctor's note, can't wear it, blah, blah. Okay, no problem. You know, we'll, we'll we'll make exemptions for you. And I said, okay, I didn't want to just walk right in, you know, and everybody freak out. No problem. Come on in, sir. So uh, I go in there, and uh, they take me right to the desk. They take me to the back and everything, away from everybody else, and run my insurance, take that, take my co-payment. Everything is good, you know. Have a seat, sir. Uh, doctor will be with you here shortly. And then uh, I'll be down, if not 15 minutes later, some supervisor – Okay, there's not even a damn doctor. Comes in there in the lobby. Uh, yeah, in the lobby, in the waiting room. Pulls me out into the hallway and then starts basically chastising me, saying that I need to leave the building uh, because I can't wear a mask. And that OSHA is on their way up here right now is what she said. OSHA's on their way up here right now. Nuh-uh. And if you're in this building, we all get fired. We no. all get fired, she said. And they're going to shut the building down. And I looked at that woman. I said, ma'am, I said, OSHA does not work in that capacity. You know, I've worked with OSHA all my life, you know. So OSHA does not work in that capacity. And she said, yes, they do. And that uh, it is the law that you have to wear the mask. She actually said, it's the law, dude. No, I said, no, crazy. it's not. I said, it's not the law. It's never been the law. And I said, as a matter of fact, that mandate was lifted, you know, a couple months ago. And she, And then she says, well, OSHA, I told you OSHA's going to be here and every one of us are going to get fined and we're going to lose our jobs. Now she's trying to flip the script a little. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I, I said, OSHA, OSHA does not find people. They recommend uh, recommend fines and there's nothing they can do. OSHA has nothing to do with uh, my relationship between my doctor and I, you know, and, and, and what absolutely. we agree to. Absolutely. And then she and then this woman, Mr. C, this woman told me. You're going to leave the building. She said, uh, we'll make an appointment through telemed, through the computer. And I said, how am I going to get examined through the computer, ma'am? I need a physical examination today. That's what I came in here for. And she said, well, you can come back for that later. I said, what's wrong with now? (laughs) Well, and then I was told to leave. I was told to leave. They're going to call security and stuff. And I was like, all right, whatever. So. Yeah, I was discriminated against, uh, and man, it, it was a bad deal, dude. 
But yeah, that's let me tell you crazy. what I go for it, dude. Yeah, Mr. C, let me tell you what I found out. I've been starting to do a little digging on this, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I called some lawyers. Lawyers told me to call the Texas State Medical Board to file a complaint. Oh wow! So I wow I called the Texas I called the Texas State Medical Board and got a hold of somebody. I told them what happened. Uh huh. And and they said, look. The governor's order was on the recommendation of the mass by the Texas State Medical Board. Okay, it, it was put in place there for a while that the doctors could be fine, but that was lifted on May 5th. The Texas State Medical Board has advised all doctors that they don't have to have their patients or anyone else wear masks. Dang. She was just, yeah, that's what the that's Texas good. State Medical Board told me. Dude, <laughs> you know that's liberating for everybody out there that has still has to go to the doctor's office. I'm going in out of the doctor's office. Dude, I am glad you called in to tell us this because now we can say that the Texas Medical Board said as of May 5th, you do not have to have a mask. And we've been going in and out of the doctor's office, my sister and I, and that's the only place that you still have that whole Nazi, like, you know, yep. um, you know, it's just, that's insane. That is good information, dude. That is good information. Dang. I'm glad you called in to let us know that. Absolutely, man. And I, I've been, I've been chomping at the bit to tell you guys this and also, okay. When, when did Greg Abbott lift uh, his mask mandate? It was back in May, wasn't it? Or is it the end of April? It was right there at the same time that the, the Texas Medical Board decided nobody needs to wear the damn thing anyway. Yeah. And Greg Abbott, <laughs> so Greg Abbott, yeah, Greg Abbott was always from the beginning running on there. I understand it a little bit better now why he did it, mm -hmm. that he was always running on their recommendation. But when he, when he did the order, we took it out of the computer and, you know, we, we printed it. I wouldn't make copies, a shit ton of copies. Because if you read the order, you read the order, it says no one has to wear the mask if they don't want to. But medical facilities were under that restriction. But now they're not. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so this lady, I went, we went on to Facebook and we found uh, this, this doctor's office has a Facebook. Boom. There she is. And what does it say right across her? Uh, what what do you call that? The uh, the picture of them. Uh, and anyway, profile? right across the profile. Yeah, the profile thank photo. you. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right there on the profile, she's got. I choose to wear the the hashtag mask. So that she's she's enforcing her fucking will upon. Yep. Yep. Anybody that walks in that building saying that it's the law and they're gonna get shut down, I'll be arrested. We're gonna get fined. And all she's doing is being a freaking mass Nazi and enforcing her will upon innocent individuals trying to get medical care. And I got denied medical care because of Dang. her ideology. You, it sounds like you could move forward with something legal, some sort of legal action on that. And I was going to ask you, what do you think it was that was driving her to do that? Do you think it was fear? Do you think it was, I mean, what could it have been? It sounds like it's just, it's her own, it's her, like you said, her own ideology, the, own, her, the way she sees the world. Um, and she right. denied someone that is so unethical. She denied someone medical attention. Like, what if this had been a life and death situation? Like, you know, and I mean, that sounds really dramatic, but like, it, it's it's highly unethical for a doctor to be doing something like that. What, what's her name? Do you know her name? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know her damn name. As a matter of fact, I want everybody to know her damn name by the time I get done with this. 
because uh, the medical board told me, said, try to resolve it, you know, through, uh, uh, you know, her boss and stuff, which is the COO of the company and which I'm trying to get in touch with. They said, if you're unsuccessful, call us back. And they took this matter very serious. Very. Yeah, serious. dude. I mean, that's okay. crazy. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 51 years old, man. I'll be 52 this year. I was going in to get, uh, you know, screened for cancer and stuff and, and all kinds of stuff that I need. And, you know, hey, man, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. And and I'm denied that service over a woman's freaking ideology. Mm -hmm. Just her her opinion. So and her name man. is Michelle Hall. Michelle Hall. <laughs> I like that laugh. <laughs> actually, actually, Michelle Cass, C-A-S-S, -S, Hall. And uh, she works at Urology Partners in Irving. The address is 2021 North MacArthur Boulevard, Suite 450 in Irving, Texas, 75061. Anybody want to write that down, go back and review it, please do. Yeah, and someone screenshot that profile so we can get that. Uh, I support, uh, I, I, I enforce the mask. What did it say? <laughs> Dang. Yeah, she's, she's a freaking mask now, so it wouldn't surprise me a bit. I'm just saying, I can't confirm this yet. I'm still looking. It would not surprise mm -hmm. me a bit. If she's a BLM person, because you know she she was of that ethnicity and female and attitude and, uh -huh. and all that crap and and lying and and threatening yeah. and, and all this, yeah. And, so and the fact that she used OSHA, I mean, everyone knows they're what the oper operational sa safety occupational safety hazard uh, associate whatever they are. You know, right. everyone knows that like they can't find she because you said she said that they were going to find the employees individually. And, and then, like, they were going to fire everyone yep. in the building. Like, what the – everyone and, knows that OSHA can't do that. <laughs> and 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 she actually said they're going to shut the building down because you, you have been in here. Or if they catch you in here, they're going to shut this building. And, man, it's like a five-story building. I think all of us should show up at her doctor's office without masks. That's what I think should happen. <laughs> you know, you know. here's a little more uh, I found out that when I called the uh, Texas State Medical Board, uh, she's not a doctor. She has no authority to say what the doctor's office uh, can, you know, can do and everything. She's she's like an administrative, you know. She she's like a, oh, wow. a paper pusher, basically. Huh. She just signs she, the papers. Not, huh? Yeah, she's not an MD. She's not, you know, she's not anything like that. And so she she has violated basically the HIPAA laws there by you know stepping in between. My doctor and I, you know, through the HIPAA laws. She's a bureaucrat. Uh, the relationship. That's all she is. Yeah. She's a freaking bureaucrat. That's what bureaucrat. she is, exactly. A bureaucrat. <laughs> Thank you. Damn. So, so yeah, I've, ju I've just started this, and I, I don't believe the COO is going to call me back. So, uh, I had someone else call up here at that office today. And, uh, anyway, I got a, I got an email. I'm going to email her, and I'm still going to try to you know, do this civilly. And then, uh, but the Texas medical board told me if I can't come to a civil agreement, you know, on this to contact them back, file the complaint and it will be handled. They take everything serious and I'll let you know, the Texas medical board is, uh, I think it's seven doctors and seven civilians. And, uh, you know, they're appointed by the governor. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a fairly, a fairly unbiased board that you're going to, mm -hmm whenever you appeal to them so i'll let you know more about it as this rolls out but yeah i'm glad you let yeah, me come dude. on and say that tonight dude 
I'm glad you did because first of all, what we have this new this new plan of attack, which is uh, using OSHA against the people. So now everyone out there listening yeah. knows if they say OSHA to you, because apparently they're doing it now, they're full of it, right? And then now we know, especially if you're in the state of Texas, uh, Texas Medical State Board says that even in the doctor's office, you do not have to wear a mask and doctors shouldn't be forcing them to either. And the lady, the lady at the Texas Medical Board made me wait, pulled it up and read it verbatim right, right off, you know, the, their, uh, their uh, uh, policies and stuff. And, and that first doctor, he said the CDC, you know, and he said, well, the CDC has approved the vaccine. I'm like, CDC don't approve shit, dude. Yep. You know, the FDA approves it and the vaccine is not FDA approved. And then he said, well, the CDC and he said, uh, uh, their policy is to wear the mask. And now I know the CDC can't tell the hospitals in Texas what to do. It's the Texas State Medical Board that sets <laughs> these policies. So when they start talking CDC or OSHA or whatever, tell them to stick it up their ass, man. Refer yep. to the Texas Medical Board and the governor of the state of Texas because that's Dang. setting the policies. Oh, man. Every stone shall be unturned, Texan. Let me tell you what. Good job, sir. Sorry you had to go through that, but good job otherwise. Um, hey, uh, that's how we're going to spread the word and let everyone know what to do. So Texans, you got it going, guys. You got you got two guys on your side here. All right, man. So, OK, so I'm going to I'm going to probably let you jump now. But first of all, do you have what do you got coming up for Sunday? We'll be doing the Lone Star News again. Uh, are you going to be available to join us on Sunday, sir? Yes, sir. Sunday, uh, me and Mr. C, uh, Lone Star News, man. We've got some good stuff coming up for you guys at three o'clock central time. So, yes, sir. Uh, Y'all stay tuned, man. Absolutely. Right, stay cool. tuned. Me and Mr. C and I are having a good time with this. So we'll see y'all then. And I'll Excellent. see you down the road. See you down the road, Texan. Be safe out there. All right. That was uh, okay. Cool. Let me get these guys off my head now. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, hope you guys don't mind that brief visit from the Texan. That was some really good news, though. That was good news to have right now um, while we're, we're, we're recapping the chat and stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, he had, uh, he's been keeping me up to date on some of the things that were going on uh, here involving doctors and masks, because really they're the only places to this point, aside from public transportation, and Lyft cars uh, and Uber and that kind of thing. They're the only ones to this point that um, uh, are actually enforcing these masks still. Draconian, Hitlerian, Nazi-ish, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but they're still, and now denying service. That's that's some terrible stuff there. But all right, guys. So yeah, like the Texan said, make sure you check us out on Sunday at 3 p.m. Texas time, Central Time. Uh, Texan and I will be doing Lone Star News, bringing you news from and around the Texas, the Lone Star State, the great state of Texas. Now, I did notice over here in the chat over at uh, the Twitch, uh, Deplora Laura says, I haven't had my meds for over four months because my doctor stopped seeing me. Oh, sending to me because I wouldn't wear a mask to get blood work done. That's terrible. Um and then she says, uh, thank God I took only one pill for high cholesterol. I will not wear a mask, period. You know, Deplora Laura, um, I am not a doctor and I am not a physician, but uh, when it comes to cholesterol, oh, well, no, it's the blood pressure, actually. I'm always weary of cholesterol medication, though. 
because uh, anything that eats out cholesterol, keeping in mind that your brain is made out of cholesterol, uh, smells like um, smells like uh, what do you call it? Uh, Alzheimer's to disease to me. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise, but hopefully things will work out for you. Uh, Deplora Laura, just stay strong. Uh, if you are in Texas, you could use you could use uh, the the Texas Medical Board's uh, <laughs> recommendations. Uh, but unfortunately, it sounds like you're not in Texas anymore. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, all right. So that was fun. Okay, that was that was a fun interlude intermission there. Here, uh, let me just go ahead and name off the names from our last chat because <laughs> we're already pushing the, the, the top of the hour. Uh, we also had uh, the Speak Uneasy in the house. Durdurius was in the house. Uh, let's see. Tam Growl, I mentioned. Blonde Blue Lady Q as well. Uh, let me see. Do we have any uh, other first-timers? I think that was to Loyal to the Foil was in the house. Did you guys get to catch the Loyal to the Foil? I know some of you guys were there. I saw you guys over there at Loyal to the Foils. Uh, that was a very fun time. Um, uh, the Zababs who sent me a message later on was like, I just loved your nervous laugh. I was like, oh my goodness, you could tell I was nervous. Cloud Watcher was in the house. Word on the street, flies enjoy his head. Oh, we're talking about Pence there. Okay, Posse for Hope as well. Let's see what else we got. What else do we got? What else do we got? So we can move along into the rest of our show for today. Um, let's see here. Looking up was in the house. I, I probably said hello to looking up already, but hey, hello again, looking up. Uh, let's see here. Chats, 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 chats. Okay. I think uh, one Eagle five was in the house as well. Um, let's see. We also had death blossom 17 and slide park 2020 JK Canadian bird and Patriot Rose. Uh, all right, and one, two, three, SKG. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up for last week's chat recap. We will now advance with the rest of the C report. I know you guys have been waiting patiently. Okay, so let's see what we got here, ladies. Okay, so we got some Trump news for you guys today, obviously. Obviously, we have some Trump news for you today. Now, okay, so you guys, yeah, some of y'all were with us here. Whenever we were um, over at uh, the, over when we were at the border, right? No, uh, we weren't at the border, but we most definitely were live when President Trump and Governor Abbott were having a press conference at the border. And uh, they, you know, very, very interesting information uh, during that press conference. They were talking about uh, the drug problem that has inflated since uh, illegitimate Joe has been in office. Uh, very striking numbers to me, uh, how much fentanyl and methamphetamines and heroin are pouring across the border. Apparently this stuff is the cheapest you can find it these days. I was like, okay. Um, but anyways, and that's just, that's just because there's so much, uh, there's so much supply, you know, like, uh, the demand calls for a very low price on street drugs, which is even more dangerous uh, because that means that, uh, you know, more of the youth will be privy to uh, affording those types of drugs. Another thing that I found very interesting is that they were saying that uh, these cartels are using pill presses to put fentanyl in um, into the like pill form. So it looks as if though they came from a legit type of pharmaceutical type of business or or what have you manufacture uh, and because of that they're more apt to take the pill 
thinking that it is something that is regulated by the FDA or something like that. And uh, it ends up being fentanyl and they end up dying of overdoses because, you know, fentanyl is very dangerous. It is extremely potent and you can most definitely um, uh, you can most definitely OD on fentanyl. Um, so that is a scary thing indeed. That's some of the, that's just some of the stuff that they were talking about over there. Um, if you'd like, make sure you check out the replay. Well, my replay from the first uh, from the press conference might not be live yet on Foxhole app. Um, I'll get with the boss tonight about that, and uh, we'll go ahead and try and get that going. Um, um, the uh, the um, speech at the border wall, or I should say the lack thereof, that is actually available on Foxhole app. So if you want to check that out, make sure you catch out the replay on my channel there, there at Mr. C uh, TV on the Foxhole app. Um, okay. But you know, that wasn't the only news that was going on. Let me show you guys what happened. <laughs> Let me show you guys what happened during during Trump's speech at the border wall. In case you missed it, there was something that was much more important that happened today on the news, so important that they had to bust into his uh, speech to bring it to everyone. Now, this was Fox News. Uh, we watched it on Fox because they had the best audio playing at the time. Um, but guys, like, okay, like like the Texan said, like you guys are all aware of, let me go and extreme this again. Uh, today was a pretty good day for news. You know, we had the death of Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, you know, we had, uh, we had uh, what? Uh, well, exactly what we're going to talk about here. Oh, well, was it uh, uh, the sentencing of, of that Mac girl from Nexium and Smallville? Okay, she was sentenced to three years. You know, we don't go long on that stuff. But the biggest one of all is Bill Cosby. <laughs> Bill Cosby's a free man. Now, I am not going to, um, I'm not going to espouse any of my thoughts on that entire topic. What I will say is that Fox News thought it was so important that uh, we talk about Bill Cosby going home. They chased him with their little helicopter like he was O.J. Simpson all the way to his apartment. And they broke, uh, not into his apartment, obviously his establishment, his estate. And they broke into President Trump's speech just to tell everybody about it. Here, take a look. To stop. Now, this is a worldwide problem. It's all over the world, but we had them in this part of the world. It comes through the southern border, human trafficking, and it's a terrible thing. Nobody, no lower form of life than people that do that, and they make a lot of money. They make more money than the drug dealers, they say. And uh, we stopped them and the drug dealers. We, we did a job like nobody thought was possible, and uh, we made deals with. Mexico, and we made deals with Honduras and Guatemala and El Salvador. And I told the story just before. I don't want to bore you with it, but most of you weren't around that round table. And uh, by the way, Brandon, I see my Brandon. How good is Brandon Border Patrol? And Mark. Welcome everyone here to News Now uh, from Fox, where we do continue uh, to showcase the big breaking news here of the day. Bill Cosby's sex assault conviction overturned by the court today. What the heck? <laughs> it was so important that 
Fox News thought it was so important. Now, if you're wondering why it was such a heavy news day, it's probably because they needed to distract everyone from President Trump giving a speech at the border wall. I should say lack of a border wall. I don't know if you guys noticed, but he was strategically placed in a spot where there was no border, (laughs) where it already ended. (coughs) Pardon me where Joe Biden had failed to continue its construction. So let's take a look uh, at uh, something that President Trump said today. Uh, Not today, I apologize. This was actually yesterday. I like this graphic. I don't know about you guys. I like this graphic. Let me me get this a little bit more appropriate for this. Okay. So, all right. So um, uh, President Trump actually penned an op-ed, an opinion editorial uh, for the Washington Times. So now we know why he was pushing the Washington Times so much, right, in his his statements. uh, It seems like this might be the vehicle, the vessel that he'll be using, uh, kind of like he is Rumble now, moving forward. So he wrote an opinion editorial for the Washington Times. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to read it. Uh, And it was all about the border wall. It was all about um, it was all about uh, President Select Biden and his failures. So let's just see what he had to say now. Hold on, I'm going to try him. Hey, don't do that. Okay, fine. President Trump wants to stay right there. So I'm not going to mess with him. Okay, so it says here, uh, the title of his opinion editorial, in case you missed it, is I built the wall. Biden built a humanitarian catastrophe. It goes on to say, when I was president, I delivered on my promise to build a border wall to protect our country. All Joe Biden had to do was paint it. Instead, (laughs) paint it. (laughs) Sorry, that's funny. Okay. Instead, Biden has enacted the most radical open borders agenda imaginable. This is perhaps the first time in world history a nation has purposely and systematically dismantled its own defenses to invite millions of foreign migrants to enter its territory and break its laws. No one knows who they are presenting a dangerous threat to Americans. To say that Biden has provoked a national security, security disaster does not even begin to do justice to the calamity. In May, illegal border crossings were nearly 700% higher than when I was president during the same period of time last year. For each of the last three months, more unaccompanied minors have arrived than in any prior month in record history. Seizures of ultra-lethal fentanyl are up 265% from last year. More of the drug has already been intercepted than in the entirety of 2020. Joe Biden has restored catch and release, torn our hard-earned asylum agreements with Mexico, torn up, I apologize, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, and announced that anyone on the planet who who lives in a crime-afflicted area now qualifies for asylum in the United States. Meanwhile, ICE is effectively shut down, senior border security officials have been fired, and criminals are being released in record numbers. To top it all off, the Biden administration has announced a new program whereby the United States government will literally pay to fly illegal alien, uh, illegal aliens' relatives from other countries to join them in the United States. 
these policies are utterly depraved. The actions of someone who by all indications wants to completely abolish America's southern border um, southern border, <clears throat> yet all of the vindictive, shocking, and self-defeating border security actions Joe Biden has taken, none surpasses his decision to stop the final completion of the wall. Nearly 740 miles of border wall had been fully funded and more than 660 miles were already built or undergoing construction. Customs and Border Protection confirmed on January 15th, five days before I left office. After more than two years of litigation and Democrat obstruction, the wall was going up at an average rate of two miles per day. We had already more than doubled the length of the physical barrier protecting our southern border. We had always replaced much of the previously existing dilapidated fencing with new impenetrable metal beams, focusing on the highest traffic areas that Border Patrol agents themselves had identified. The wall was planned, approved, paid for, and virtually done. Only a few key areas remained to be completed. All Joe Biden had to do was let the contractors finish their work. The border agents wanted it, and it would make the whole country safer. Instead, Biden sabotaged the completion of the wall, ordered an immediate halt to construction on the first day in office, impounded the funds Congress had appropriated, and took steps to terminate the national emergency declaration that had facilitated it. By stopping construction, Joe Biden purposely and deliberately left gaps in the wall creating unsealed channels right in the middle of the border to be exploited by human traffickers and drug smugglers. I built a wall. Biden built a humanitarian catastrophe. This decision has also done egregious harm to our sovereignty, as my administration clearly demonstrated. Walls work. After my border wall was constructed, illegal border crossings dropped by 90% in the Yuma area and 80% in the Rio Grande Valley and parts of El Paso. Illegal drug trafficking and human smuggling also drastically decreased in those areas, building just 12 miles of border wall in San Diego alone reduced necessary border patrol manpower by 150 agents a day saving millions of taxpayer dollars and freeing up those agents to provide additional border security elsewhere. As a result, Biden, uh, as a result of Biden's abdication of his sworn duties, Texas now says they will build the wall. This should not be necessary and is at best a band-aid over the gaping wound Biden created. Border security is a core responsibility of the federal agent, and my administration had already done everything required to complete the project. We secured the necessary legal authorities, acquired the land, designed, engineered, and tested the wall with little help from Congress. My administration obtained the money, executed the contracts, and hired the personnel. For Texas to be unnecessarily forced to repeat these complicated steps will take months or years if it is even possible for them to do it at all. Governors and state legislatures should certainly do what they can, but there is no substitute for federal action. We handed Biden the most secure border in history. We ended asylum fraud 
terminated catch and release, negotiated historic migration agreements with Mexico and other countries, and virtually stopped illegal immigration. Precisely because of these policies, we achieved an incredible 90% reduction in illegal crossings. Our nation is being destroyed by Biden's border crisis. The United States must immediately restore the entire set of border security and immigration enforcement measurements we put into place. And critically, we must finish the wall. A nation without borders is not a nation at all. For the sake of our country, Joe Biden must finish sealing the border immediately or the American people must elect a Congress that will. Signed, Donald J. Trump, the 45th President of the United States. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that is the statement from the man himself. Now, he had this op-ed published yesterday ahead of his visit to the wall. So if you can imagine a scathing review going out like that, and then him hippity hoppity hippity hoppity over to the wall, um, or lack thereof, uh, that's uh, that's that's pretty powerful optics. That's a that's a pretty powerful play, if you ask me. That's a, a power move right there. Is what Donald J. Trump did. Now he also released in the statement. Uh, heading to the southern border, which has never in our country's long history been worse. We had the most successful border policy in American history, and now we have by far the least successful policy. People are coming in by the millions. They are destroying our country. See you soon. So that was another thing that he had released there. (laughs) Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let me get this over here. And uh, that was, uh, that was, I guess, this morning before he headed over to, uh, it was La Joya, Texas, down in the Rio Grande Valley. Now, <laughs> that is, sorry, I apologize for coughing into the mic. Now, that is a place, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, where they were having uh, problems. Now, where Kamala, Kamala, where Kamala went, no, that's not where they're having, I mean, yes, El Paso, whatever. She didn't even go see the wall. She was like, I don't know, I don't know, almost 100 miles away from it. No, maybe not that dramatic. But she was dozens of miles, if not almost 100 miles away from the wall on some base. Uh, You know, if you saw the press conference that they had this afternoon, where you have people, real people, not assigned and staged officers uh, doing, you know, a behind the mask whisper session with, you know, the supposed vice president of the United States. She could never handle something like that. They, he was surrounded on by you know tables of real people who were telling them his story, telling them, telling him their concerns, and um, and uh, you know, there's like I said, there's no way, there's no way someone like Kamala Harris could have at all, could have at all, uh, you know, handled a situation like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move over to the next statements that we have. For President Donald Trump, like I said, he did have quite a few. All right. Okay. All right. Next statement we have is, just like in the 2020 presidential election, it was announced overnight in New York City that vast irregularities and mistakes were made and that Eric Adams, despite an almost insurmountable lead, may not win the race. 
The fact is, based on what has happened, nobody will ever know who really won. The presidential race was a scam and a hoax with numbers and results being found that are massive, shocking, and determinative. Watch the mess you are about to see in New York City. It will go on forever. They should close the books and do it all over again the old-fashioned way when we had results that were accurate and meaningful. A follow-up to that real quick was the New York City election, even though an embarrassment and a total mess is far better and more accurate than my presidential election. So what are people complaining about? What? <laughs> okay. So, all right. So that there we go. That's okay. So we're actually not going to get into the news about New York. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard that. You know, um, we had the primaries in Pennsylvania that there was a huge gaffe, you know, um, there was big problems there, you know, the, the voting machines not taking Republican ballots or uh, Democrat headings or, or, um, uh, appearing on the, he on the top of uh, Republican uh, voters' ballots and stuff like that. Uh, where was there another one? I think it was in, was it in Georgia's primary? Did they have one already? I think it was there as well. So now we're seeing here in New York that that is also the case. Of course, uh, the the uh, word around the water cooler or down the uh, AP line is uh, that there were 135,000 test ballots that still remained within uh, the system work there. So we'll see how that goes. We'll probably uh, include that in a story at a later time, uh, if not tomorrow, uh, so we can like get a better examination. Because what I'm really curious about is what is New York going to do about it, right? Like we know this happened, but what is New York going to do about that situation? Uh, I think that would be um, very, I think that would be more uh, that would be more constructive in examining. Now, uh, Texan and I had kind of mentioned General Mark Milley. Well, you know, it seems that President Trump is on the warpath, and uh, he has now released a statement about General Mark Milley. Let's see what he had to say. It says, General Mark Milley's greatest fear is upsetting the woke mob. When Black Lives Matter rioters were threatening to destroy Washington, D.C., he practically begged me not to send in the military to stop the riots. Millie later issued an embarrassing and groveling apology for walking at my side to St. John's Church, which far-left rioters almost burned to the ground the day before. Instead of denouncing the rioters, he denounced himself, a humiliation for our military. A year later, even the fake news had to admit that their Lafayette Square narrative was a giant lie. Millie, once again, looked like a fool. Now, in yet another desperate ploy to impress the radical left and keep his job, Millie made up a false story that he yelled at me in the Situation Room. This is totally fake news. If he had displayed such disrespect for his commander-in-chief, I would have fired him immediately. To further ingratiate himself with Biden, progressive media, and the radical, radical left, Milley went to Congress and actually defended critical race theory being shoved down the throats of our soldiers. This Marxist, racist, anti-American propaganda has no place in our military. I banned these training programs. Now Biden and the Pentagon have resumed them. 
as soon as possible, Congress must defund this racist indoctrination. General Milley ought to resign and be replaced with someone who is actually willing to defend our military from the leftist radicals who hate our country and our flag. Yes, indeed, President Trump. I would most definitely agree with that. I just, you know, we don't have time for a woke military, you know. Uh, uh, they're already saying that um, uh, China, for example, is already uh, outspending us when it comes to military technology. And I'm not a war hawk or a war bird by any means. You know, I believe in peace, B. I believe in peace. But, um, you know, uh, that doesn't mean that we don't have the right to defend ourselves. But, uh, you know, I mean, I guess we'll leave that there. We don't have time for a woke military. That's one thing that you don't want woke. You want people who are there to defend, you know, and fight if necessary. Um, but definitely not to be concerned about who they're going to be bunking in the foxhole with. And I'm talking about the foxhole on the ground, guys, not the app. We don't need we don't need them worrying about whether or not uh, whether or not the enemy um, uh, likes the color of their nail polish <laughs> or, or concerned if whether or not the enemy uh, is is uh, racist uh, or something like that. Maybe they'll be like, oh, but the, the, the enemy, they're black. And as long as they're not white, maybe they'll be my friend. And then bang, they're dead. You know, like that's the, we don't got time for that kind of confusion when it comes to defending American people. Anyways, okay, so let's talk a little bit about, um, let's see, what do we got next? More Trump news. Oh, we already talked about Trump at the wall. Boo. <laughs> that was my photo for Trump at the wall. Awake at the wall, President Trump. There we go. There's the man. Okay, uh, but we're not going to talk about, we already talked about Trump at the wall. All right, what is Trump doing there? What is he up to? He's looking. He's looking for something. Okay, maybe they're looking for something. Okay, so uh, this news has come out in regards to uh, Trump's company being charged. Now, if you remember, I know you guys do, uh, we had uh, brought to you guys way back in, I don't know, the end of April, the beginning of May. Uh, we, were, we, we gave you guys a heads up that they were looking to charge President Trump uh, for nefarious tax fraud and, and schemes. Right. Okay. So they couldn't do it. I told you guys it wasn't going to happen. They couldn't find anything by any means that would, uh, you know, um, they could make stick to him. Wasn't going to happen. So what they ended up doing is they found someone else within Trump's company uh, to go ahead. One of his top executives that they're going to go ahead and lay some charges on. Um, and uh, that's expected to happen tomorrow. So uh, expect a firestorm of news reporting. Trump's company, Trump's company, Trump's company. Oh, it's Trump's company. Yeah, expect that tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. I could expect that to happen tomorrow uh, because that's when this is supposed to go down. But uh, an article from Cron says uh, Donald Trump's company and his longtime finance chief are expected to be charged Thursday with tax-related crimes stemming from a New York investigation into the former president's business dealings. People familiar with the matter told the Associated Press. The charges against the Trump Organization and the company's chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, appear to involve non-monetary benefits the company gave to top executives 
possibly including use of apartments, cars, and school tuition. Dang, this is all they could find, ladies and gentlemen. This is all that they could find on President Trump and his company. Like, he possibly was gifted or borrowed or used company, cars, school, uh, they paid school tuition. And it says possibly including gifts. Gifts, ladies and gentlemen. It is unethical for this top executive to accept these gifts from his boss or the boss's organization. Clearly, this is all they could get to stick. And it didn't even stick to this man's face. Nope. It stuck to this other guy by the name of, uh, what was his name again? Alan Weisselberg. I mean, that's all they could get. But you're still going to see a huge firestorm. I promise you. You're still going to see a huge, huge firestorm of news on this tomorrow. Uh, they're going to, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, how are they going to, how are they going to spin this to where it's worse than what they think they, they are saying it is? Uh, the man ha was given gifts. Okay. Um, but this is all they could get. Now, this is the, this is the, the DA of uh, New York. Uh, he's, remember, he, they've been working on this for a couple of years. They've been working on this for a couple of years and they were going to bring charges before he retires. Remember? They're going to bring charges before this guy retires. And, uh, um, well, <laughs> I hope he's happy with what he's getting. <coughs> Excuse me. I hope he's happy with what he's getting because uh, it, I don't think that this is going to be the the big old, you know, um, I don't know, uh, a salute that he was looking for on his way out. Um, that DA over there. Uh, that's <laughs> that's some funny stuff, ladies and gentlemen. That is some funny stuff. OK, you know why President Trump is really looking like that? He's like, Mr. C, Mr. C, I got on Rumble. And where are you? You're not even subscribed yet. I'm sorry, President Trump. <laughs> I didn't mean not to be subscribed. Hold on. All right, President Trump, I'll tell you what. Right here live on the Sea Report, I will subscribe to your channel. <laughs> so in case you guys didn't know, uh, President Donald J. Trump is now on Rumble. He's got over 400,000 subscribers. He's about to get one more. Here we go. I am now subscribed to President Donald Trump's Rumble. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm late on these things sometimes, you know. He's got one video. We all were there. We all saw it. We were all live there, all right, when he was in Wellington, Ohio. Hey, go see it there if you didn't get to see it, because I got to fix mine on the C-Report over here at uh, foxhole.app. So you can go see it there. But anyways, I just thought I'd do that. I know that's dumb. I just thought I'd do that on the air with you guys <laughs> since I hadn't subscribed to his channel. So in case you didn't know, he's on Rumble. Oh, I can just imagine. Eh, it's not even monetized. I'm surprised. You know, he could be making some money there. He doesn't need to, but he could. I don't know. I don't. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. All right. Okay. So what do we got next for you guys? <laughs> oh, Conqueso Vegano is in the house over there on Twitch and says he is subscribed. All right. <laughs> well, now you guys cannot say that Mr. C is not subscribed. Okay. All right. Let me see what else we got going on over here. Uh, we're about to tune into a an interview with President Donald Trump. Oh, boy. We got an interview with President Trump. Um, this one is from the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. Um, it is a meaty interview, ladies and gentlemen. 
so please do sit back and relax. I hope you guys brought your snacks uh, because it's going to be it's going to be one of those interviews, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for the shades, Napkinator79. And also thank you for the cookie joy for Trump over there at the Foxhole app. Now, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, you might need your cookies for this. <laughs> Let me go ahead and get that going for you guys. All right. Oh, I keep hitting the wrong tab button. Here we go. I am. All right. There we go. It'll be an interview with these folks, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Uh, President Trump is having a few words with them. So sit back and relax, ladies and gentlemen, while we get this going for you all. Just a moment. All right. Enjoy can help by visiting paycom.com. Mr. President, we appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you both. Thank you both. Congratulations. Well, we're excited about the opportunity to continue to, to fight for the things that Rush cared about so much. Uh, yeah. And uh, you were a big part of coming on with his show and, uh, and, and a big part of his success story as well. Well, he was a fantastic man. And, you know, it's incredible because I didn't really know him. Maybe met him once briefly, and uh, when I ran for politics, still didn't know him, and he, he liked what I said from the day I came down the escalator, and he was right there at the beginning, and then I got to know him, and then uh, you get to know him, you get to love him, and he was great. He was your pres voice. President Trump Buck voice. here, you know, when you gave I him love. the Presidential Medal of Freedom, so many of us just got just got chills. That was really one of one of the great moments, I thought. Of, uh, of your presidency in terms of recognizing somebody who had had such an impact on the country. Um, we want to know what you think about what's going on right now. How, how do you view this Biden administration now that we're months into it? Well, it's catastrophic. If you look at the border, if you look at uh, the way other countries are treating us, they treat us like dirt. Even uh, Europe, of course, when I say even, Europe was always bad. Uh, Europe treats us so badly economically and even military. If you look at NATO, I got $430 billion by being strong on the NATO. They weren't paying their bills. They weren't paying. Germany was at 1%. They're supposed to be at 2%, and 2% is very low. And so we were defending them and getting, excuse me, I hate to use the language, but it's very descriptive, getting screwed on trade. Uh, you know, I say, how many, uh, I said, Angela, how many Chevrolets right now are being sold in Munich? And she looks at me and smiles. You know, it's uh, in the meantime, we take the Mercedes and we take their cars and uh, we sell them like hotcakes, right? So, no, it's a one-way street, both on trade uh, and on the military. You know, NATO, they just weren't paying their bills. And then they make a deal with Russia where they're paying billions and billions of dollars for energy coming into from Russia with the pipeline. So they have the energy pouring in, they're paying billions of dollars and we defend them. So I said to them, I said, listen, you're getting all this, you're giving all this money to a country and then we're supposed to defend you from that country. What's this all about? And they just look and they sort of smile. And I had it largely changed. It was changing rapidly, but you know, a big thing was NATO, $430 billion. Think of that. That's some number. It's was on we did a great job. We're talking to President Donald Trump, 45 himself. Uh, you got criticized to the nth degree for every press conference you did. Media talked about the 25th Amendment. You've got Joe Biden now traveling around trying to negotiate deals. And I'm sure you've watched some of his press conferences. 
Do you feel like he's going to be able to finish his term? Do you think Kamala Harris might end up president before we even get to 2024? Yeah, I, I have to be fair. I don't think I get criticized. I think they thought that uh, they thought certain things, but they didn't think they didn't think he was a dummy, meaning your friend Trump. Uh, they never said that. But uh, and and the uh, 25th, you know, I did something that I noticed a lot of people are recommending. I took a test, a cognitive test, which they say is pretty tough. And I aced the test and they put it out. And I never heard it was actually a great thing. I did it. And it was risky because if you do badly, it gets reported. OK, you know, there are numerous doctors watching and it's at a certain hospital. It's very public. So if you do badly, but I did it and uh, I did very well. I did, I think, perfectly. And uh, a lot of people are suggesting that he do that. He would not pass it. He would not do well on it. But a lot of people are suggesting that he do that. And look, I watch and you watch and we see the same things and you don't want to talk about it. But the rest of the world, if they don't respect your president, you have a problem. And they had a lot of respect for our country uh, six months ago and before. I was speaking of former. They had, a lot of they had a lot of respect. You wouldn't have seen missiles flying all over the place into Israel. And you wouldn't have seen, the, seen even China talking the way they spoke to our people, our representatives in Alaska. They never spoke to us that way. We're speaking to former President Donald J. Trump here on the show for anyone who is joining us as we're going. Uh, President Trump Buck here. I just want to know we had Kamala just just barely beat you to the border now she's the border czar you are you're not the border czar right now um we want to know how you think the border situation is unfolding and and i mean is this is it is it the worst it's ever been is that fair to say in history absolutely you know they were saying it's the worst in 20 years i say what are you talking about 20 years it's by far the worst in history and Seven months ago, it was the best in history. It was the best we've ever had. And that included drugs. That included human trafficking, where we had it very strongly stopped. Uh, you know, you're never going to make it perfect. It's a big, long border. But we had it stopped. The wall, we, we built, you know, five, almost 500 miles of wall. And this guy stopped the final little portion of it. And you can't do that. And now they want to build it. I understand they want to build it and having a hard time with the contractors because the contractors say, well, you told us to stop. So give us five times more money than we would have gotten had we just completed it. So it was and, you know, the reason that, frankly, it took two and a half years because I had to win all these court cases. We won, I think, 11 court cases to build it. Uh, many of them brought on by Congress. So, you know, we had the best border we've ever had as you know i mean you just look at those numbers we had the best border we ever had and we now have by far by far the worst border and giving up stay in mexico is catastrophic catch and release giving that up you know you catch the people they can be murderers they can be anything you catch them you take their name and you release them into our country, never to be seen again. They're supposed to come back, but they never do come back. They're supposed to come back for a trial, but they never come back. I know you started your rallies. You just had one in Ohio. Yeah. How much of a challenge is it for you to have to sit and watch on the sidelines now in some way 
And when do you think you need to make a decision if you are going to run in 2024? Do you have a calendar out in front of you where you look at the primary season and everything else? What's the deadline in your mind to make a decision? I know it's still out there a ways, but do you have a date in mind? Okay, well, your first part, it's not a challenge per se, but it's sad to watch because we were – I, I thought I was going to win easily. We did win easily. We, you look at what's happening now in Georgia. You take a look at Arizona. Let's see what happens with that. Those numbers are going to be coming out soon. And uh, others are looking at it. Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, they're all looking. I think they'll look at Michigan because what happened in Detroit was horrendous. I mean, horrendous. And the elections were all very, very close. I think it was 40,000 votes for the whole country. And uh, what they did was disgraceful. So I think that's all coming out. It's coming out soon. It's coming out now. And the reason we had, you know, we had so many people and uh, people say anywhere from 25 to 42,000. The haters say 25. The people that like say 42. You know, there's always a big difference. But we had, I think we did have more than 42,000 people. And that was on quick notice. And the reason is they love the job that we did. I mean, you guys love the job that we did, but they love the job we did on the border. They love the job we did with China and the tariffs. You notice he hasn't taken the tariffs off yet. You know why? Because he's taken in tens of billions of dollars. We saved our our steel industry was going to be totally abandoned and closed. We wouldn't have had a steel plant in the country. And I put 25 percent tariffs on all of the dump steel coming in from China and I'll tell you, the people that love me the most are the steel companies because, and the steel workers because we saved it, and aluminum, but we saved it. And you need steel. Steel's not something – you need steel for the military, okay? You're not going to say, gee, we'll have our tanks built in uh, China, right? That's just what we need. So I saved it, and people uh, – yeah, and by the way, many other industries too. USMCA, we got that done as opposed to NAFTA, which was the worst trade deal in history. I mean, it was – it was so – you know, when they made that deal, there was a huge error made, and everyone knew it was an error, and it was made on the first day. They realized on the second day that they made an absolute error. It was a pure error. Everyone knew it. They never changed it. An error totally to our disadvantage. They never changed it. For, for, for President Trump, can we ask you about your thinking? Because so many of the people listening right now, and, and honestly, this the whole country is curious – just tell us about your thinking when it comes to 2024 and what what your calculations are at this point as to as to whether you are going to run again. So I'm watching. And again, it's uh, it's a frightening thing to see when you're looking at the border, when you're looking at uh, trade, when you're looking at all. And when you look at inflation, you know, when I was when I left, gasoline was less than two dollars and our industry was flourishing. So you had the combination of inexpensive it was a dollar 87 and now it's it's going to go through it's already through the roof it's what three and a half dollars but it's going to be it's going to be a number that i think a number that you have never seen before in fact i got it so low that we had to adjust it was you remember it was dropping we were energy independent we got it down to zero. Do you remember that day, right? We got it down. We had to we had to get it up a little bit because you know we do have a an energy industry and oil and gas industry. But um, no, we had tremendous. So you look at that. Look at the cost of lumber. Seventy thousand dollars more to build one house for lumber. Um, and you know we had lumber very very low. Canada took advantage of us on lumber. 
And we did that when we did the trade deal. We took a, a great thing. But then these guys come in and they put environmental restrictions on all our forests so you can't get trees. We're forced to go to Canada. And lumber's gone through the roof and for other reasons. But lumber's gone just terrible what's happened and so many other things. Now, inflation is a disaster, okay? It gets, it gets very ugly. And you saw that during the Carter. I think prime rate went to 21%. And... Uh, a lot of other bad things happened. That was a bad, bad moment for this country. And that was caused by inflation. And the inflation that we have in this country now is if you if you take a look at the cost of goods, but just look at look at oil, what's going on with that? Look at gasoline, the cost of gasoline. Look at what's happening. It's not possible. We were energy independent. We were totally energy independent. Just a few months ago, I, we're not anymore. The leases are being canceled. Uh, they make it impossible to drill. And I said this during the debates, and nobody wanted to believe it. And uh, Far worse. It's actually far worse than anybody thought. And watch President the guns. Watch your Second Amendment. Watch all of those things, because that's going to be next. And they run through Mitch McConnell like he's a baby. He's hopeless, and he can't stop anything. But they run through. I watch the Republican senators, uh, many of them total rhinos, and they walk into the White House every time, you know, to work on the on the infrastructure bill. And they walk out, they get nothing, they get nothing, and they keep walking in. Same, you know, the same people, some of them, uh, and it's uh, sort of pathetic to watch, actually. You know, one of the biggest uh, people who need help right now with you out of office is your old friends at CNN. I don't know if yeah. you've noticed, but their ratings have declined by 75 percent since mm -hmm. you left office. Yeah. Do you feel like Jake Tapper's maybe missing you pretty bad right now? Don Lemon, well, that crew? It's probably the only good thing about me uh, not being in <laughs> office, I guess. But, uh, no, he went down big, and I, I just... I just saw some numbers. I guess they're down 78, 79%. Who, who ever heard of numbers like that down? They're all down, by the way. I must tell you. You know, they're all down. Everyone. Uh, I see your friend Chris Wallace is way down. So that's a different one. But uh, MSDNC is way down. Uh, I mean, numbers that probably they never thought they'd see. But it's boring. It's boring. That's right. I don't watch very much anymore. I used to watch all the time. I don't watch anymore. Now, of course... I watch Sean and I watch Laura and I watch uh, certain people. But you know, President Trump, can I actually ask you about that? Because last yeah, night, Tucker Carlson said very, very clearly and openly that he believes that he might have been targeted his communications by the NSA under the Biden administration. You had people in your campaign who were targeted by the deep state, as we know, and then there were well, elements within. Yeah, me. How about me? Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> when I said, hey, Buck, do you remember you and I talked about this in the Oval Office? Do you remember I said that it was I put out a tweet at that time. Now I put out press releases and it means the same thing. But I put out a tweet said, I understand that I was targeted and that they were spying on my campaign. Do you remember that? Yes. And all hell broke out. I thought it was just to me. It was like, you know, it was like, oh, I'm sort of the tweet. And I get a, a call like four seconds later, sir, did you just say, because the lines of every one I've ever done, I've never had a response like that. What maybe was your thought Kofefe. when you maybe, when you heard that Tucker Carlson? Kofefe, Kofefe, my oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, what was your thought when you that, heard that Tucker said that he thinks he's being spied on? I think it's uh, true. I, it's totally believable. 
If you look at the whole thing with what's going on and what's going on right now, no, I think it's true. They're trying to suppress the vote. They're trying to suppress going into elections to find voter fraud. They want those people suppressed. They don't want anything to do with that because the election was totally fraudulent. So the people that are investigating the election, and there are a lot of them all over the country now, the people that are and finding things that you, you see come out now, you see it's coming out now, but what do you see when the results come out? They don't want anything to do. In fact, when they talk about uh, silencing, let's silence everybody. The thing they want to silence, they don't want people looking into the election because they've been caught. The election was fake. And those states, those so-called states that we lost, we won. And we won them big. We won them big. And that stuff is starting to come out now. And that's the thing they don't want. That's that's what they really want, silence. Are you still thinking about building your own platform where you won't have to worry yeah. about left-wing censorship? Yeah. You can't be censored by uh, Amazon and by Google and by Apple and by all the, you know, that's the problem. I mean, I, I, you saw what happened with a parlor or parlay, as they sometimes call it. But you take a look at what happened to parlor and others, they get shut down as soon as somebody puts something that's somewhat controversial. No, you have to have your, you have to have your own cloud or you have to have your own means of getting it out because they'll, they'll, as soon as you get big or powerful or you start saying anything that's somewhat conservative, they will censor you and they will take you off, which is what they did with Paula, which was a very sad day, I thought. Uh, we're talking to Donald Trump. President, uh, you got criticized for many things, but one of the things you got most vociferously criticized for was saying that you thought COVID had come from a Chinese lab. Now, all of a sudden, everybody is circling back and saying, oh, maybe this did happen. But all of these different tech platforms disallowed the conversation and debate to actually take place. Right. Are you still as confident now as you were last year when you made those allegations that COVID came from a Chinese lab? And what should the consequences be for, for China for the lies that they spread about where COVID came from? and allowing this to spread around the world as opposed to being transparent with everybody from the get-go? Probably more confident. And that, I mean, I felt very confident last time, but I would say even more now in retrospect, because a lot of the phony things that they were saying about, you know, came from here, came from a thousand miles away, from a bat colony a thousand miles away. Much of that has really been disproven. And I would say more confident. And it was amazing because that was another one. You know, I talk about when I said this, spying on my campaign, the place went nuts. When I said that, when it came from the lab in Wuhan, people went crazy. Now, it could be, it's probably that I said it. In other words, if somebody else, I said hydroxychloroquine and people went crazy. If I would have said, do not under any circumstances take hydroxychloroquine, uh, probably they would have said, oh, that's terrible. Let's take it, right? You know, it's like one of those things. So they like to go the opposite because they think it's good politically. I actually don't. But now, Almost all of those things, maybe all of them, I've been proven correct. And I think they have now a list of 18 different items. It was 10, two or three weeks ago, but they found other ones. You know, they just go against. And no matter what you do, they want to go against. These people, I don't believe they love our country, I'll be honest with you. But with the lab and Wuhan, and, and, and frankly, even if you didn't or weren't sure, why would they be so vociferous? You, you remember, they went crazy when I said that. And they tried to die. Now they're all saying that I was right. But they've said that about a lot of things. Almost all of the things that I said, I was right. When I said that uh, terrorists caused 
such and such an attack. And I said it early, like about two seconds after the attack, right? They'd say, this is terrible. Well, I'm 18 and 0 on those attacks. You know, it's like they would take a little bit longer. In many cases, they wouldn't want to say it. And in many cases, they didn't say it. But uh, they do uh, have a tendency. And I guess they think it's good politics. I, you know, I don't see why it's good politics. As far as China is concerned, they should pay us reparations. They should pay us for the damage that they've caused and, frankly, the damage they've caused to the world. Now, they don't have enough money to do that. They don't have nearly enough money to co to pay for the damages, but they should pay us $10 trillion. They should pay the world a lot. But, you know, we, we uh, took a tremendous hit. And because of what we did, and because I came up with the vaccine in nine months instead of, I did it in less than nine months. It was supposed to be, Buck, you know this, it was supposed to be five years, three years, but it'll never happen. By that time, everybody would have been dead. This would have been, if I didn't do that, this would have been another Spanish flu of 1917, where perhaps 100 million people died. President Trump, can I ask this? Because, you know, Los Angeles right now is, Los Angeles County is reinstituting, this is just today, indoor mask mandates. Uh, it seems like there are still people, and they are overwhelmingly your most vocal critics. So it's interesting there's a crossover there who really want to take us back into lockdowns and, and what some of us call Fauciism. Yeah. Are, are you worried that that's where we're heading? And, and is there a part of you that wishes that you had fired Dr. Fauci when you could have? Well, I did the opposite of what he said every time. So if you really look, you know, he, he was talking about doing different things. He didn't want to close. Actually, I was more severe than him in certain things. I closed it to China very early in January, if you remember. And three months later, he was saying that was a mistake. And now he said, I saved tens of thousands of lives, which I did. I also closed it to Europe. I saw what was going on in Europe, so I closed it to Europe. Now, with all of that being said, you know, he came in, he said no masks. He didn't want anybody to wear masks. And now he's a radical masker, as I call them. Radical masker. And that's what he is. I mean, I saw, it was sort of interesting, during Biden's uh, State of the Union address, uh, which people compared to FDR. I was a big fan of FDR's speeches. I don't necessarily agree with what he said, but his delivery was very good. They compared Biden's speech to FDR. And I said, oh, he's going to get killed tonight. This is really bad. Oh, this is really tough. And then they said, that was close to FDR. And I said, I can't believe it. But behind him was Nancy Pelosi. She had the single largest mask on that I have ever seen. I have never seen anything that practically covered a whole face. Uh, look, I think it's ridiculous what they're doing. The kids have to get back to school. We have to stop. We have uh, between the uh, immunity, natural immunity, which is... The ultimate, probably the ultimate vaccine, if you want to know the truth. But between that and the vaccine that we did and did a great job with and did it in years, years ahead of schedule, the FDA does not like Donald Trump. Let me put it that way. They they have never seen anything like it. They would have this thing would have taken more than much more than three years. And I don't think they would have even ever gotten it. But we did things that were miraculous. People call it a miracle, actually. And then, you know, I went out and did something else that people don't talk about. I bought $12 billion worth of the vaccine before we knew it worked. We had an idea it worked, but before. And you wouldn't have the shots till October 
of this year. So no, I mean, Operation Warp months. Speed, President Trump, was was an amazing yeah. miracle, and you deserve tremendous yeah. credit for that. We, we actually we have to take a quick pause here. We'll see if we can convince the president to uh, stick with us here. Former President Donald J. Trump will be coming back with you all in just a moment. This is the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Thanks for being here with us. we got more coming up. Visit Volvo Cars. Offer can be modified. About where are we here uh, with the Republicans negotiating over this? Are, are they getting fooled? Are they getting swindled by giving this a bipartisan cover in this recent yeah. uh, Senate announcement that they had a, a deal? Looks like Biden was for it, then against it, then for it, and who knows? What do you make of all this with infrastructure? Well, it's the same people, and they uh, some are rhinos to the nth degree, and they keep walking over there, and they get taken to the cleaners, and then they get used, and they say that uh, we have a deal, and then we don't have a deal, because when they go back to the cabal, uh, they say, uh, you got to be crazy to have made that deal. So Biden changed the deal a couple of times, and uh, you know, the Republicans are being used. The Republican senators, now some of the senators wouldn't do that. I know plenty of them, they're great. But uh, they seem to be, uh, they're used, they're being used by the Democrats. They wanted to make it sound bipartisan. But there's nothing bipartisan when you spend most of your infrastructure money on the Green New Deal stuff. And that stuff is like throwing the money out the window. And it's going to cause big problems in the future. How frustrating is it to you, Mr. President, the 2017 tax cuts were really coming into full fruition. We had the best economy, lowest unemployment rates of all time. Now they're trying to take those away. And also we got 9.3 million jobs out there and people won't take those jobs. How frustrating is the economic decision making right now that you're seeing? Well, what they did with that payment is they made it so that nobody wants to work. And uh, this is, you know, not what our country is all about. Uh, some states are rejecting it, as you know, some very good states, very successful states, because people can't get anybody to go to work. But if you look at the tax cuts, we got the, that was the biggest tax cut in the history of our country. People love it. It made people want to work and people were doing great. African-Americans, Asian-Americans, uh, women, everybody was said it, it was number one ever in history. And they now want to end that. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to lose a lot of companies. You will lose companies to other countries. You know, they move. They're not very loyal or patriotic, most of them. And if they get a better tax deal in Ireland or in Europe someplace or wherever they want to go, and they will, we brought it down to a fact. It wasn't the lowest, but it was it was low. And for a large country, it was just about getting to that point. And we were bringing in thousands of new companies, and we were bringing in also the money that they couldn't get in. We were bringing in billions and billions of dollars of money that was locked out of our country and it was pouring into the U.S. That's going to all go out with these companies that are going to leave. And you just can't do what they're doing. What they're, they're so destructive, what they're doing. And the amazing thing is we cut the tax rate, and yet we took in much more revenue, much more revenue. And this place was booming. And then we got hit with COVID and we did a great job with COVID and we did a great job with the vaccine, but that obviously stopped it. But we created such a strong base, such a strong foundation that we've come back. Now they might kill it again if what you said is so in Los Angeles, et cetera, et cetera. You know, going back to the old days of all the masks and all of the things, you know, it's an amazing fact that people that stayed in their apartments did worse than people that were 
outside. In other words, people that stayed home caught COVID at a higher level. It's very strange. I don't, someday you'll explain to me how that one worked, but because frankly, you would say that they would be on the right side of the issue. But people that stayed home uh, did not do as well as people that went out. Sort of interesting, isn't it? We're speaking to former President Donald Trump. And Mr. President, gotta gotta ask you, who in your mind that's still in office, still on, on the political scene, uh, is getting it done for conservatism and, and is carrying forward the movement that you began, the Make America Great Again movement? I mean, who, who should we be looking to right now as, as continuing to carry on the torch? So I think you have some great people in the Senate some really great. I think Mitch is a terrible leader and doesn't have a clue. But I think you have some great people in the Senate and people that could take over that leadership position and do really well. It wouldn't be used. And, you know, Schumer's just playing this guy. And uh, that's not good. And in the House, you know, you know many of them. I hate to mention names because I, I could mention many and you'll leave somebody out. <laughs> you have somebody that will never speak to you again. Uh, and But in the House, you know, you have Guys, uh, Jim Jordan and a whole group, uh, banks, and I could name so many congressmen and women that are doing a fantastic job. I mean, you look at uh, look at what happened on the impeachment hoax where they stuck together. You know, the problem with the the uh, Republicans is that they don't stick together. Good policy, but don't stick together. Democrats, horrible policy. But you don't see those negative votes. You don't have Mitt Romney out there. You don't have a little Ben Sass. You don't have these these people that are so bad for the party. I mean, if they ran today, if Ben Sass went back to Nebraska and ran today, he'd be run out of office. Same thing with Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney would do terribly in Utah and uh, and others. I mean, look, there are others. No reason to go into all of those names. But you have some wonderful senators and you have some really incredible people in the House. Talking about senators, I know a friend of yours, Mr. President, Herschel Walker, has been hinting that he might run for the Senate in Georgia. Should he run? Do you think he will? Well, he told me he's going to, and he's, uh, and I think he will. I had dinner with him a week ago. He's a great guy. He's a, uh, he's a patriot, and he's a very loyal person. He's a very strong person. Uh, they love him in Georgia, I'll tell you. He was the greatest running back in the history of the state, but he was, you know, one of the best in the history of the country. I mean, he, in college, there was nobody like him. He went to the NFL, by the way. He has great records in the NFL. He, uh, he is a fantastic guy, and they love him. So I think he'd win. I think it would be very, very hard to beat Herschel. I mean, they do, they have the ballad. They made ballads <laughs> to Herschel. They sing them all the time. They still sing them. So I think beating him would be uh, very tough, and I think he's going to run. President Trump, what would you like to see uh, the Republicans in Congress do so that they're in a good place going forward? What are some of the issues, uh, some of the main narratives that you want to see them holding up so that we can take back? I mean, we're not going to have a new president, at least on the, you know, we're not going to have a Republican president for four years here. So we got to focus in on the midterm election. If, if you are, and I know you are advising a lot of these people and working behind the scenes to, to help the Republican Party by actually taking back uh, majorities, what would you want to see them do? What are the issues and, and what's the approach that they should have so that we finally get back at least one, if not both houses of Congress? 
Well, they can't let go of the tax cuts because you'll lose tremendous numbers of companies and people outside of this country. They'll be they'll be heading back to where they came from. We will bring in tremendous dollars and tremendous companies, numbers of companies. Uh, they have to hold on to the regulation cuts. You know, I cut regulations more than any president in history. And these look, I believe in regulations. You need things for environmental and for safety and other things. But they cut regulations. We cut more regulations than any president, whether it was four years, eight years, or in one case more. Nobody came even close. And uh, they're, they're starting to put the regulations back. You know, it would take you 19, 20 years to get a highway approved. And we got it down to two years. And I wanted to get it down to one year. And with that being understood, you may get rejected for safety or environmental or some other reason. But to take 20 years, I mean, I could show you highways where they're in the process of 22, 23 years, and they'll probably be rejected somewhere. And they cost, not only cost more in time value, but they'll design it in a way that it avoids areas. I mean, it's like you're on a Ferris wheel. So, uh, no, we have to hold the regulation cuts. We have to continue with our military. We, I built the strongest military ever. You know, when I came in, the military was exhausted. It was depleted. It was tired. And uh, your producer was nice enough to say that somebody called up and said, thank you so much. Please tell the president, thank you so much for what we did at the VA. But the VA was a mess for years, and we had a 92% approval rating from the people that get to use the VA, the great people that get to use the VA and that need the VA so badly. So 92% approval rating, never, it was much higher than ever by many, many, much higher than ever before. It's always been a mess. It's always been, ever since I can remember, you'd see shows all the time in the evening about the problems of the VA and uh, this happening, that happening. You didn't see that for years. And under my administration, our people, did a fantastic job. So, you know, so many things, just so many things. Stop. One other thing is stop letting other countries take advantage of the United States on trade and on military and NATO. I mean, are, are you really take advantage? Of. Are, are you are you feeling a little bit like this is it's it's just almost too much to take, Mr. President, when you see that right now the White House press secretary for Biden, other prominent Democrats are trying to push the Oh, it's Republicans who wanted to defund the police. It's it's Republicans who were opposed to law and order. I mean, as somebody who was always supportive of the blue and stood beside them, it, it just feels like this is a lie beyond even the other ones they've told. So it's like Russia, Russia, Russia. You know, the first time I heard it, they said, sir, do you have anything to do with Russia? I said, no. What's with Russia? That was it. You know, I didn't think about it. Then they'd come back a couple of months. I said, sir. You know anything about Russia? And I said no. And then three, four times I said, "What the hell is going on with Russia?" And it was a total fabrication, total lie by Schiff and all these lightweights. And you know, you you win that battle, you win another battle, but you're fighting all the time instead of focusing exclusively on making our country great. And it's a disgrace. Now I saw the other day; it's very interesting on the border. It's so out of control, and we had it so in control. And I saw somebody say, well, we think it's Trump's fault. Oh, okay, it's my fault. We had the best border, safest border we've ever had in history. And we really had it down. All he had to do is go to the beach and relax. And they've destroyed it when they got rid of, think of it, I kept the people in Mexico. Now, 
a lot of people don't know what that means, but that it means so much instead of keeping them. And, you know, when people cross the border, these people, many of them, they're emptying their jails. You got murderers, you got drug dealers, you have uh, traffickers. But, fellas, they're emptying their jails in various countries. You know the countries I'm talking about, where the jails are being emptied and they're coming in caravans mixed in with lots of other people. But they're coming in caravans and we're taking in these killers. We, we took out thousands of MS-13 gang members and now they may be coming back through the system of emptying their jails into our country. How stupid are we? Mr. President, uh, you got treated differently, there's no doubt, than Joe Biden has been treated by the media. But so did your family. Hunter yeah. Biden, I'm sure you've seen some of the stories coming out about Hunter Biden using racial slurs, uh, all sorts of stuff continuing to come out of the laptop. How do you think your sons would have been treated if they had done what Hunter Biden appears to have done? Well, in business, uh, what he did is is just terrible. I mean, just terrible. And uh, and I was never pushing. You know, it came out uh, some phony stories came out. I was push. I was never pushing because I think it's sad. But it was, it was terrible. But now the things about the N word and using it on a regular basis and other things. If that were my children, first of all, they wouldn't do it. Second of all, I wouldn't allow them to do it. But, but uh, it would be, it would be bedlam in this country. Bedlam. Uh, it's incredible. The press doesn't even report it. They don't want to report it. And other things. But that word in particular, where it was used frequently, and you know, and they don't want to report it. It's we don't have a free press anymore. We don't have free press. We have a press that's unbelievably corrupt and if you look at their approval rating you know when i ran the approval rating of the press was very very high and now it's at the lowest it's ever been but it's lower than institutions that are horrendous that are thought of very badly so you know it's unfortunate well when you say cnn is down 75 or 79 percent when you see some of the shows uh that they have on CNN. That, I mean, nobody's ever heard of numbers like that, but that's because they've lost credibility. You know, you have, uh, Mr. President, just, just the last 24 hours, there's been this uh, announcement from the Man Manhattan District Attorney or uh, New York City District Attorney, Cy Vance, that they're not gonna bring charges against against you, but they might, they're looking at the Trump Organization. This This seems like the most obvious partisan targeting that anybody could ever dream of. Yes, you're you're a prominent, you're a fighter, you've got resources and a legal team, but what should people know about the the continued obvious uh, and biased harassment that you're that you're getting in in situations like this? Well, I call it the continuation of the greatest and most disgusting witch hunt of all time. Look, there's never been anything like it. From the day I came down the escalator, now I was not uh, a political person, but I got things done that nobody else could have gotten done. And that includes those big tax cuts that now they want to give away. And they shouldn't negotiate the tax cuts either. We got the biggest tax cut in the history of our country. It brought in more income than when they were paying much higher taxes, as I said. And all of these other things that we got, we got such benefits. You can't give it up. If they give it up, it would be terrible. It's not really to be negotiated. And you know, you're at a 50-50 level. They should be able to talk somebody. It's very interesting. Uh, the, the problem is, is you'll lose a Romney or you'll lose a Sass or you'll lose, I could name three or four of them, and you'll lose somebody. And that 
puts you at a disadvantage. But a strong leader wouldn't lose anybody. They wouldn't lose anybody. They give out the committee chairmanships. They have a lot of power in there, and they wouldn't lose. And they give out a lot of money because they give out the campaign contributions to a certain extent. But you can't give up the taxes, you can't give up the tax cuts, and you can't give up the regulation cuts. And with my thing, it's just a continuation of the of the worst, most horrible witch hunt. And don't forget, I got all of this stuff done. At the same time, I was fighting Mueller, the Mueller hoax. I was fighting impeachment hoax number one and impeachment hoax number two. And I'll tell you, the Republicans, other than a few... Uh, Bad ones, 10 congressmen and women. Uh, there were 10. Every one of them, I think, is being primaried. Every one of them. Uh, same thing with the senator. Uh, you have a certain senator in Louisiana, and he uses me. He used me. I love Louisiana. I did great in Louisiana by a lot. I won all of them a lot. I know you said before about uh, 24. Let's see what happens. But uh, we did great all over. We did great in Louisiana. And this guy was using me in his commercials and everything else. And then out of the blue, he votes to impeach. Okay. You know, he was a surprise. Uh, and you know, Cassidy. So it's, uh, he walks down the street now and they, they, they're booing him all over the place. So, you know, we have great popularity because of not because of me, but because of what we've done, what we've accomplished. Like I said, rebuilding the military. We had planes that were so old you couldn't get parts to them. They had to have to go to the desert, to the plane graveyard to pick up parts for fighter jets that were so old you couldn't even fly them. And it was, uh, you know, we have all brand new stuff. We did it right. All built in the USA. Everything built in the USA. We really had it going. And then we had a rigged election and we lost because if you look at those states, we won those states by a lot, not by a little, but by a lot. It was a rigged election. And, uh, you know, and now I see what's happening with Iran. I would have had a deal with Iran within seven days after the election. They were dying to make a deal. Now they don't even want to talk to Biden. And he's already taken the sanctions off. How do you take sanctions off before you negotiate? So now they don't want to meet with them. They said, we're not going to meet with them. And I could tell you a hundred things outside of that, but it's, uh, it's too bad, but we'll see what happens and we'll see what happens in terms of the future. As you know, the, the polls are very strong, stronger than they've ever been for anybody in this position. You know, we had a 95% approval rating in the Republican party. So we'll see. And everybody we endorse seems to win. You notice that, I think, fellas. So every single person, when they, they I go out, whether it's in Palm Beach or New Jersey or New York, they come to see me. When we endorse them, they win because people have confidence and they, they saw what I was able to do. And uh, now it's being pulled back and the Republicans can't let that happen. You, you mentioned, Mr. President, last question. We appreciate all the time you have spent with us. Our audience is absolutely loving it. You mentioned 2024. The number one question we are getting as people are listening to you talk is, when will President Trump let us know whether he's going to run again? Is there a date in your mind where you need to make that decision? Well, the most logical date would be right after 2022, right? You try and win the Senate, you try and, which is hard because of McConnell should have never lost the two seats and they should have never lost the two seats in Georgia, but you want to win the Senate, you want to win the House. Uh, very, very 
great chance in the House. You know, I made 56 phone calls. They're called teleconference calls that had thousands of people. They were supposed to lose 25 seats in the House, and they lost none. They gained 16. That's some difference. All because of those calls. And, you know, you'd have 15, 20,000 people on some of those calls, and that would be spotted into a district where somebody's running for Congress. Every single call I made, they won. Every single call was sort of an interesting phenomenon, which not easy to do either. They take 11 minutes, and, uh, you know, when you're screaming into a piece of plastic telephone, uh, it's not the easiest thing to do. But but that was very effective. And the same with senators. I mean, I helped a lot of senators. I believe you'd be at 60-40 Democrats' favor had I not campaigned for certain senators. I don't have to tell you the states, you know the states, but there were senators that were in big trouble. Had I not campaigned for them, in some cases I did rallies, in some cases I did uh, robocalls, and, and very importantly, I did the town hall calls, the big, you know, where a lot of people get on from the state. But I think you'd be at 60-40. Nobody marks that down, nobody says that, but you'd be at 60-40 or maybe a couple of a couple short well, of that. Well, President President Trump, we, we greatly appreciate everything that you've done and continue to do. And we hope you'll consider the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show a, a home for you going forward where you'll be joining us and telling us what you've got planned. And please give regards uh, to your family from, from Clay and Buck personally. Uh, we wish them and, and you, of course, all the best. And thank you for everything you've done for this country. We appreciate you giving us your time. Congratulations, fellas. Great job. Thanks a lot. Okay, I was like, if uh, President Trump's got anything last minute to say there. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sitting through that interview with President Trump and also these uh, gentlemen here. I'd never heard of them before, but uh, indeed, someone said in the chat, Buck Sexton, what a name. <laughs> So, yeah, a lot of, I mean, it's, it's always great. I like to archive um, the words of our president. You never know what inside information or baseball you'll get from him whenever he is addressing uh, in interviews or speeches, etc. So uh, that was a little bit of a lengthy one, I know, and I hope that you guys did enjoy it. Um, but most definitely, uh, that was a pretty good interview. I, just, I find it so funny whenever he starts talking about uh biden and how he all he had to do is go to the beach we finished the wall for him but then he stopped it that kind of thing uh like he said in uh in that uh, um op-ed that he did for the washington times all he had to do was paint it <laughs> he would have been pretty well set up but anyhow now okay so president trump actually mentioned kofefi in this uh, interview, if anyone caught that. So I was like, oh, yay, this is going to be the perfect time for me to actually speak about it. I wasn't planning to talk about Kofefi tonight because uh, we're going to move on to our final stories for the night after this, which is going to take us back to Michigan. Yes, we're going to be talking about Whitmer, some recalls for her, as well as some other things. But real quick on Kofefi, ladies and gentlemen, because Kofefi is something that a lot of people, I guess a lot of people are not, they don't know. I guess they don't know what Kofefi was and or is. It is. Kofefi is a thing, actually. Um, it, it is, um, it, it's very interesting to me because I know people are still selling mugs on them. People are still like, wow and like you know they're getting all excited over kofefe kofefe is something that people should be getting excited over i can understand why the media made such a crazy play with kofefe whenever he misspelled coffee or whatever the hell it was that they said he was doing wrong um kofefe 
And it, 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 you know, it makes sense because when you search Kofefe, all of this jargon and BS and time-wasting click stuff comes up. Um, Kofefe is a bill, y'all. So Kofefe, I'm going to put it on the screen for you guys. Kofefe is a bill that basically has to do with communications for the president's presidential records. So um, in this way, it's the Kofefe Act of 2017. So now you guys know. So if anyone tells you, oh, Kofefe, well, I'm telling you guys, this is what Kofefe is. H.R. 2884, Kofefe Act of 2017. That literally is what this is all about. It's not about mispronouncing coffee. Uh, I mean, sure, he probably wanted people to draw you to Kofefe uh, because obviously he couldn't say it. He couldn't tell you what Kofefe was on the air. Uh, he couldn't tell you what it was because if... If people were able to identify it, this is what I think, if people were able to identify it, then they would probably take steps to undo this act. Now, it's a very short bill. Kofefe is a very short bill. It has to do with how presidential communications are recorded, and it expands it to include internet uh, discourse. So this way, after he left the presidency, or at whatever point with Kofefe, the Kofefe Act of 2017, they would not be able to delete or mute his tweets or his Facebook posts. This Kofefe Act basically ensured that the communications that he sent through social media would go into the presidential record and that they would not be able to strip that from the record. That's what Kofefe is, ladies and gentlemen. So if you guys did not know... Now you know. So go educate the masses, okay? Now, I mean, I stumbled on this a couple of years ago. Um, let's go ahead and read through it real quick so this way you guys know that I'm not just speaking out of my tuchus. H.R. 2884 to amend Section 2201 of Title 44 United States Code to require the preservation of presidential social media accounts, require the pres uh, preservation of social media accounts, and for other purposes, a bill to amend, uh, okay, to amend Section 2201 of Title 44 United States Code to require the preservation of presidential social media accounts and other purposes. I mean, yes, this is something to be excited over people, but I mean, come on. Anyways, it says, be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America in Congress assembled short title, this act may be cited. Now, this is what COFEFE stands for. COFEFE is an acronym, okay? COFEFE stands for Communications Over Various Feeds Electronically for Engagement Act, COFEFE of 2017, or the COFEFE Act. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So, yay! Now we know what Kofefe is. Uh, I mean, I was, I mean, I was surprised that some people. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was reading the acts, uh, the uh, uh, comments over in the chat. I mean, but yeah, this is this is what that is. Uh, requirement for preservation of social media accounts. Section 2201 in paragraph one by inserting social media after films and paragraph two in subparagraph A by striking but and inserting a semicolon by redesignating subparagraph as subparagraph uh, by inserting after subparagraph the following new subparagraph includes any personal and official social media account but and in subparagraph C 
as so designated, redesignated by inserting after two personal records the following, except as provided for in subparagraph and B and three by adding the end. I know all of this stuff is like now we're getting to. Oh, guys, I'm sorry, I didn't expand that for you. Now we're getting into like all of the legislative jargon here. Uh, the term social media means any form of electronic communication, such as a website for social networking and microblogging, through which users create an online community to share information, ideas, personal messages, and other content, such as videos. So when they pass this COFEFE Act, they could no longer, you know, um, say, hey, we, we can't use your Twitter or your Facebook as an official uh, record-keeping um, element in your history, President Trump. Now, like I said, if he had went ahead and told everyone, well, I'm making the COFEFE Act so that this way I can uh, preserve my uh, social media accounts, they would have gone for it. They would have gone after it. So instead, we have people making shirts and coffee mugs and still like, I don't know, getting excited for it. Like, I don't know. But like, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But that that is what Kofefe is. Now go sold those wild Kofefe oats, ladies and gentlemen, so that everyone may know what this is. You don't have to tell them you heard it here. <laughs> but please do educate the masses about what Kofefe is. Thank you, President Trump, for mentioning Kofefe gave me the perfect opportunity to do a little bit of expanding on that idea. So awesomeness. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. We're leaving the White House and President Trump, and we are going to Michiganistan, as my friends over in the Foxhole app call it. <laughs> Michiganistan. All right. Okay, so what do we have... <laughs> Oh, sorry. Oh, let me let me see it real quick. I'm sorry, Skeeter Burke. I didn't I didn't realize that you had actually seen that before. Oh, Wii U. I look just. Oh wait, no, that's a different. Arnold, not all my bad. Uh, Kofefe, one step ahead. Yet banned from Twitter. How? So banned from Twitter, but that does not mean that. I mean, Twitter banned them. Yeah, but in the presidential records communications. All of that will have to be included because of the Kofefe Act. Now, and don't forget, just because they're banned does not mean that they're forgotten or that that goes away. I mean, anything that happens on the internet stays on the internet, even in the way, way back machine, right? But um, uh, that means that all of his tweets, all of his Facebook posts, anything like that become part of his presidential record of communications so you know like how he writes letters how he signs bills all of you know writes other all of that will become part of it because of the kofefe act so even though he's banned that just means that he's not using that social media platform anymore but all of those previous tweets that we can no longer read are now to be put into the presidential communications record for president trump so it basically it's preserving his speech and, and it just, I guess it expanded whatever code 41 is. I guess that's a presidential, um, you know, uh, uh, history keeping of their, their records, you know. So that will become part of that. That's what Kofefe is. I'll still buy a, a coffee mug, but only if it comes from President Trump's White House. Okay, let's get into... Yeah, it is. It, it, they will become public record exactly posi for hope and they cannot remove it like it preserves it. 
And uh, so even though, like I said, like uh, like just to be pointed out, um, he is uh, it ha he has been banned. They have to preserve that because, you know, you can download, you know, your own like uh, social media accounts like you can download all of that history. But now that will become part of his permanent public record. So great for Kofefe. It is a great bill. You know, it is something to get excited over, but not for what everyone else seems to be getting excited over it for. They're like, ah, he tricked him, Kofefe. Ah, he's playing them. He's trolling them. Yes, it is a troll, but uh, it, it's a very deep meaning troll, if you ask me. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, let's get over to Michiganistan. <laughs> we got some stuff to talk about with Michigan before we close up the show. We're running a little bit into overtime, so I hope you guys don't mind. I'm enjoying having my evening here with you guys. Now, uh, the first thing that we'll be talking about in Michiganistan is, of course, this thing here. Ah, you know her, you you know her, you dislike her. <laughs> that is wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Who, pardon me. Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Look at that woman's face. I know you almost don't want to look at it, right? I don't either, but you know what? At least it's not purdy. Uh, okay, so uh, we had some stuff going on with wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, as apparently, just like Gavin Newsom, she's up for recall. Well, she's about to be. Now, this actually came at the beginning of the month. So we're a little bit behind on Michigan News, and that's why I'm going to make up for it tonight. Um, we had this from the Washington Examiner in regards to a recall effort on wretched Gretchen Whitmer. Um, now, according to the Washington Examiner and indeed other sources, uh, the court of Michigan ruled that Gretchen Whitmer the recall petitions filed against her can proceed. Recall petitions against Governor Wretched Gretchen Whitmer can proceed. A Michigan court ruled on Thursday. Now, this is Thursday, like June something. Uh, the Board of State Canvassers correctly approved six recall petitions against Whitmer and one against Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist. Judges Kathleen Jensen and Michael Gadola of the Michigan Court of Appeals ruled on Thursday, rejecting one argument made by counsel for the governor as unpersuasive. Whitmer, who had argued these cases, did not adequately describe the authorities cited as reasons for the recall, plans to appeal the decision's campaign spokesperson Mark Fisk said. Mark Fisk, bleh. Um, and so, yeah, so they're planning to appeal that. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, the, nothing has come out of this yet. Now, some other stuff on Whitmer's side have, because apparently they're going to have this recall effort. Uh, these petitions have been approved to move forward. Um, and we know that, who was it? Um, it was uh, Unlock Michigan was one of the organizations that was working to get this recall done. Now, they even had like this video where they put out the very specific instructions because of Apparently, in Michigan, you have to follow it to the T. And for any reason you do not, well, they can use that as a reason to uh, then, um, oops, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. They can use it as a reason to kind of shelf those um, appeals and those audits, or sorry, those um, those uh, uh, petitions. Oh, there we go, my camera. Okay, all right. So what else is going on with Wretched Gretchen? Now, you guys might remember... It was actually, uh, it was actually almost about a week and a half ago. We showed you guys um, about um, a gubernatorial candidate, uh, and that was one uh, 
um, I almost said Jocelyn Benson. Sorry, Jocelyn Benson is the Secretary of State's. Um, I and I take that back. It's not even a gubernatorial candidate. Thank you for that little flip right there. Uh, it is a, a a candidate for Secretary of State that is going to be taking on the Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson over there in Michigan. Now, this was one Christina Caromo. Now, if you guys remember, we had a video of her hoofing it up to Jocelyn Benson's um, uh, office there, governmental office in Michigan, to uh, hand over 7,500 signed affidavits calling on the Secretary of State to initiate a forensic audit in the state of Michigan well, this happened also at Governor Wretched Gretchen Whitmer's office. So uh, apparently there were um, a bunch of affidavits that were taken over to Wretched Gretchen Whitmer's office to get this done. Now, this uh, happened more recently. Um, um, now, uh, this was reported by U.S. Against Media, which is touted as Michigan's only conservative news outlet. Now, they joined several Michigan residents to deliver copies of thousands of affidavits demanding a forensic audit of the November 20th election to, uh, to Democrat Governor Wretched Gretchen Whitmer's office in Lansing, Michigan. Okay, so they head over to um, her office in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, it is the George W. Romney building, according to this article, where they were delivering that. And they found out something very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> they found out something very interesting indeed about the status of Wretched Gretchen Whitmer's office at this building in Lansing. Um, I got some video. You, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but geez, oh, I keep hitting the wrong one. Just a moment. Let me go ahead and get that on the screen for you guys. It's it's a doozy, okay? So it's a short video, but um, it says a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go ahead and get that rolling real quick. state senators and legislators are coming to the Okay, ladies and gentlemen, 
Did you guys hear that? She had not been to her office for two or three years. Oh, I just heard myself laughing. Okay, I'm checking out the replay real quick. I'll see if I got some echo in the house. Hopefully that won't happen too long. I don't know. It might be because I'm vibrating the 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 shelf here. Oh, my bad. Okay, so. Okay, sorry for the pause there. I was just listening to see if everything was coming through okay on the side of um, the monitor there. Okay, so yeah, uh, three years, ladies and gentlemen, three years that this woman, wretched Gretchen Whitmer, let me get her back on the screen for you. Ugh, okay, has not been in her office. Okay, so here you have um, a, a very viable movement, thousands of affidavits going to the Secretary of Snakes, Jocelyn Benson's office, Thousands of affidavits going over to wretched Gretchen Whitmer's office. She's not there. She hasn't been there for two or three years. I guess she goes to the state house building sometimes to who knows what she does over there, twiddle her thumbs or something like that. <laughs> so the question is, well, how on earth are they going to get this done? How are they supposed to deliver to it? Has this woman been working from home? Apparently she spent over a million dollars to build a wall around her guma her gubernatorial mansion there in um, there in Michigan, because uh, I mean that is a thing that did happen. She did spend about a million dollars or more to build a wall around the governor's mansion in Michigan. I guess so she could work from home, perhaps. You know, but this is just another way of them saying that uh, they really don't. You know, um, they really don't care for their constituency. Uh, or the people of uh, Michigan. Uh, hey, Doreen Mark, thank you so much for the update. I appreciate that. Um, and so uh, here we have something else going on, though. So they can't deliver the affidavits to they can't deliver the affidavits to Richard Gretchen Whitmer because obviously she is MIA. She's not there. Uh, but this man right here, uh, that is a gentleman by the name of Representative Steve Cara, he has actually introduced. He has actually introduced um, legislation to the state of Michigan in order to get a forensic audit going in the state of Michigan. So this is great. So we have the people doing their 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 due diligence. They're getting affidavit signed. They're calling their representatives. They're they're raising. Um, they're providing all of the legal grounds and paperwork that we need, constitutionally speaking. But it is good to know that now we also have someone that is a representative who is taking action on that as well. Um, and this is from Us Against Media. Again, it says, in Lansing, uh, Representative Stephen Cara, Republican, finished drafting a bill that would require a statewide audit of the 2020 general election in the state of Michigan. The bill, House Bill 5091, would require a bipartisan election audit board that would consider uh, consist of seven members, uh, one member appointed by the majority leader of the Senate, one member appointed by the minority leader of the Senate, one member appointed by the Speaker of the House of Representatives, and one member appointed by the minority leader of the House of Representatives, the Auditor General, or 
um, or his or her authorized designee. Uh, one mem it says in the article, one member who was a poll challenger at the 2020 general November election and who was randomly selected and appointed by the major political party whose candidate for secretary of state received the highest number of votes at the immediately preceding general election, November election. Uh, and one member who was a poll challenger at the 2020 general November election who and who is randomly selected and appointed by the majority political party whose candidate for Secretary of State received the second highest number of votes at the preceding general November election. So yeah, he's they've gotten, I guess they've gotten something worked out here, right? It says in the bill, a third party corporation will commence the audit of the qualified voter file and provide a log of all additions, revisions, and deletions to the qualified voter file. The log will include names and location of individuals that make any revisions to the file and a detailed description of the records in the voter's file. This third party corporation will select at least 10% from all 83 counties and at least 20% of the election precincts in each county with a population of more than 500,000, such as Detroit, from the 2020 general November election in the state uh, to audit poll books, ballots, and vote tallies from those randomly selected election precincts. The bill also requires logs of each poll book, a determination whether or not any electronic poll book was hooked up to the internet and whether or not changes or regular updates were made. The ballot would look at uh, the ballot ballot audit would look at the total number printed, the number of mailed absentee ballots, the time clerks received absentee ballots on election day, and other steps in the process. The vote tally would review the electronic voting systems used to tabulate ballots in each precinct. Representative Cara is hopeful bills the bill will move forward um, and will go before the House Elections and Ethics Committee. Um, so that is that's pretty groundbreaking. There, you know, we've had uh, stuff from um, Antrim County. We had Matthew DePerno, who we'll talk about in a little bit, um, and all of his efforts um, to uh, bring a forensic audit to the state of Michigan. So they are still definitely hard at work in Michigan. They have not stopped by any means. They have not quieted down. They are continuing to fight to get this audit. You know, uh, the ball started rolling in November, December, when we had Rudy Giuliani and Trump's um, a legal team there presenting all of the blueprints, all of the facts, all of the affidavits, everything that we needed to know to move forward. The ball really got uh, rolling with William Bailey, Mr. Bill Bailey, um, who over there uh, actually sued Antrim County. And then we had constitutional lawyer Matthew DiPerno go through the gambit. He went through a gauntlet with them and all the information just to have the case released, basically on, a, uh, um, sorry, dismissed, basically on a technicality. Now we have the people of Michigan standing up. They're sending affidavits to um, uh, the state secretary of snakes and also to wretched Gretchen Whitmer's office. We have this representative here, Steve Cara, who's getting it going. In fact, uh, Steve Cara did have a few words to say about this bill. We'll play that real quick. It is actually pretty short. So let me go ahead and get that going for you guys. We can skip this ad in just a minute. Look at the little goat. All right. I did just introduce just moments ago. Uh, House Bill 5091 to do a forensic audit of the 2020 election. This is a, a bill to grant funds 
to do the forensic audit? Yeah, there's funding in it, uh, $2.5 million to conduct the audit. There's a seven board panel, uh, four which are put onto the board by the leadership of each caucus in the legislature. Uh, two poll challengers, one from each major party, which get to be drawn from a hat, and then the auditor general as well appointing. So it's a, a nonpartisan uh, approach, and they they have an independent firm who they hire to to conduct the audit and then very thoroughly laying out specific things, but not limited to the specific things that need to be conducted in the audit. The affidavits which were sent to the House and Oversight Committee from last term, uh, I have in there that the board members and the independent corporation that conducts the audit are to review those are to review those uh, those affidavits from from last year. And there's a list of other things we could go into in terms of well, making sure that the machines weren't improperly connected to the Internet, uh, just doing investigation into whose idea it was to send out absentee ballot applications unsolicited, uh, looking into you know, the oldest people who had voted but had never voted a day before, but all of a sudden voted in November of 2020, just doing further investigation to see if they really did vote, as well as the the youngest people who voted absentee. I want to see those youngest people. Did they submit the absentee ballot application themselves, or maybe did their parent do it? And so I'm looking in and seeing, to me, I think there's a system created that was very ripe for fraud, and I think by doing this audit, we can expose some of it. All right. Now, it is my chief belief that um, Michigan is probably one of the most corrupt states, especially when it comes to uh, their legislature, their their uh, governing body over there. Um, not all of them, obviously. You know, I, I do kind of like, uh, who's that? Uh, Senator, Senator, what was her name? What was her name? Uh, I can't remember her name. She was really cool. She was, she was very, uh, I feel like, too, 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 too. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. But now we can put uh, we can put Representative Kara on that list as well uh, for his efforts and what he's trying to do over there. Um, and so, well, I guess what I'm trying to get out here by presenting this information is yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, there is hope. There is hope over there in Michigan if we all buckle down and present some hope. Now, the reason why I have this Trump statement on my screen is because you guys may remember. Uh, Trump actually attacked, he went after two state senators who are not doing anything for the state of Michigan when it comes to a forensic audit. In fact, these guys are actually going after people who want or who are questioning the validity of uh, the 2020 election audit. Um, and so uh, this is what uh, we'll briefly we won't read the whole thing. Uh, he says here, uh, Michigan State Senators Mike Shirky and uh, Ed McBroom are doing everything possible to stop a voter audits in order to hide the truth about November 3rd. The Senate investigation of the election is a cover up and a method of getting out of a forensic audit for the examination of the presidential contest. And then down here, uh, he had their phone numbers. Uh, let me see if you guys see that real quick. Boop. He had their phone numbers. Eh, still can't see it. Boop. Okay, there we go. Uh, it was uh, uh, Senator Mike Shirky, 517-373-5932, and uh, Senator Ed McBroom, 517-373-7840 to get in touch with these uh, these uh, treasonous and uh, actually unconstitutional minded individuals. Um, so let me let me go ahead and switch off of this screen here real quick. Now, what was he talking about in particular? Uh, President Trump was actually talking about this. Now, this is the report 
that this uh, Ed, uh, this uh, Senator Mike Shirky um, actually filed in regards to now this is a 56 page report, ladies and gentlemen. So we're not going to go through the whole thing, obviously. Uh, but a key point here and the summation, I guess the uh, introduction to this uh, introduction to this um, to this uh, uh, report that they did. Uh, he says here, uh, the committee found no evidence of widespread or systemic fraud in Michigan's prosecution of the 2020 election. However, we cannot and should not overlook severe weakness in our election system, whether it is a lack of clarity in the tabulation of ballots, unnecessary barriers to ensuring that every lawfully cast ballot is counted, inconsistent poll worker or challenger training, or simply a system not primarily designed to handle ballots, cast absentee, or otherwise prior to election day. It is the opinion of this committee that the legislature has a duty to make statutory improvements to our election system. It goes on, uh, when I agreed to begin investigating the election, rumors and uncertainty were rampant. Allegations of markers bleeding through ballots, voter intimidation, dead voters, mystery ballot dumps, foreign interference and ballot harvesting were just a few of the issues during the first days of following the November 2020 election. Emotions and confusion were running wild across the country. Fears and hopes were uh, had by every person, including myself. One on uh, on one hand was the hope some had to overturn the election. That was that hope was necessarily coupled with a dreadful reality that our elections were unsound. On the other hand, was hope the election was accurate, coupled necessarily with those who feared the direction of the victor would take the country. Digging into the mechanics of the election was labor intensive, but revealing we found both real vulnerabilities and resiliency to the systems. We also discovered the extent to which our elections officials go to facilitate our elections. The report goes into considerable detail on many of these issues, and I hope readers will be reassured by the security and protections in place, motivated to support reforms that are needed and grateful to our fellow citizens that do the hard work. Oh, there's more. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? You guys can go read this. <laughs> no, I'll finish with you guys. It says, at this point, I feel confident to assert the results of the Michigan election are accurately represented by the certified and audited results. While the committee was unable to exhaust every possibility, we were able to delve thoroughly into enough uh, to reasonably reach this conclusion the strongest conclusion comes in regard to Antrim County. You see that, guys? The strongest conclusion comes in result to Antrim County. And Antrim County was the one where Matthew DiPerno showed us everything. And guess what, guys? Matthew DiPerno did have a retort to this. We'll check that out in just a second. Um, it says, uh, all compelling theories that sprang forth from the rumors surrounding Antrim County are diminished so significantly as it as for it to be a complete waste of time to consider them further. They are trying to shut down anything from Antrim County. Uh, this Mike Shirky, just by evidence of what he wrote here in this report, literally, like, Zeroing out Antrim County, ladies and gentlemen, that that is I I am like I'm I am baffled. Okay. So it says most of the rigorous debate over additional audits comes from fear surrounding the technology used and its vulnerabilities, as allegedly demonstrated in Antrim County. 
without any evidence to validate those fears, another audit, a so-called forensic audit, is not justifiable. Michigan's already completed post-election audit and risk-limiting audit are also far more substantive than Arizona's standard audit. However, I am keeping a close eye on the legislatively initiated forensic audit in Arizona and will continue to ask questions regarding other election issues I feel are not settled. If genuine issues are shown in Arizona's audit or from continued investigation here, I will not hesitate to ask the committee to consider recommending an audit or amending this report. And it sounds like he's already made up his decision. Oh, wait, just so you can see. Oh, this is this is Senator Ed McBroom. My bad. Signed Senator Ed McBroom also listed in President Trump's um, in his uh, statement there from a few days ago in regards to what they're doing in Michigan. So, okay, so we see who the bad guys are, right? We see who needs to be primaried. Senator Ed McBroom, Senator Lanai Tice. Oh, no. Was it? I think I think Lana uh, Tice. Oh, no, Lana Tice. Say it's not so, Lana Tice. Uh, Senator Tice is the one that I liked, and she put her name on this. Ah, Lana, Lana, Lana. Why, Lana? Okay, so Lana was fighting very hard to get the COVID-19 nursing home death information from uh, Secretary uh, Snakes Benson and the the, uh, health and human services people. Dang it, Tice. Man. Is everybody corrupt in the state of Michigan? Because I'm starting to think so. I liked Tice until I read this. It didn't even ring a bell until I saw it right now. And Senator Jeff Irwin. Oh, my goodness, Tice. Tice, Tice, Tice. How could you put your name on this, Tice? Dang it, Tice. Dang it. Okay, all right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're almost done here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so there is uh, Matthew DiPerno, the constitutional lawyer who represented William Bailey over in Michigan and Antrim County. Now, if you guys remember, there was a lot that they covered. There's a lot that they exposed, and it started with the miscount between the ballots and between what was in the machines. Then we got into the machines. We found out that you could actually, uh, you could actually. Um, uh, a mess with the votes and the counts in the machines. You could clearly do that. They showed us that on film. Uh, they also had what he found evidence that you could actually also hack into the machines and uh, mess with them offline from afar from a remote position. Uh, that was just some of the things that they found over in Antrim County. And uh, indeed, uh, he did respond to this uh, through a via a press release. Um, and uh, he calls out the Michigan State Senate. Uh, starting with the Michigan Senate Oversight Committee uh, and the report that they released. He said in a press release, uh, with this report, the Michigan Senate is attempting to cover up evidence of election fraud in the November 2020 general election. They are also using the mantle of government to proactively intimidate anyone from speaking out about election fraud. These attempts to silence citizens are a clear attempt to criminalize political speech and a violation of the First Amendment, right to free speech, freedom to assemble, and right to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Notwithstanding the unconstitutional and illegal intimidation tactics by corrupt politicians, we will continue to expose the truth to the American people. The Michigan Senate has also called for the Attorney General to conduct an, conduct an unconstitutional and illegal criminal investigation of political speech. 
we caution Dana, Dana Nessel and Senator McBroom. Now, Dana Nessel is their, I think their AG over there, their attorney general in Michigan, who's also in the back pocket of wretched Gretchen Whitmer. And he says, we caution Dana Nessel and Senator McBroom that we will ultimately present our evidence to a jury. No corrupt politicians will dictate how the jury interprets the evidence of overwhelming election fraud. The Michigan Senate has refused to meet with our attorneys and team of forensic experts to review actual evidence of election fraud. Reportedly, Senator McBroom who has been accused in the past of violating people's constitutional rights, has gone so far as to instruct the Republican caucus to not review evidence for themselves. If they don't review the evidence, they can continue to say they have seen no evidence. Nevertheless, we have seen we have so far released 19 reports on election fraud through multiple legal briefs filed with the 13th Circuit Court in Antrim County. We are not done. Additional reports will be released soon. The Michigan Senate failed to properly address any of the evidence submitted in the 19 reports available for everyone to review at www.depernolaw.com. You can also see a great deal of the evidence at letsfixstuff.org. These reports expose the inherent vulnerabilities and weak or non-existent security protocols of voting machines. But more importantly, these reports also expose how the voting system and election in Antrim County was actually and definitively subverted through fraud and intentional manipulation of the voting machines and by extrapolation, the state of Michigan. All right, so that's just a piece of his press release. Uh, let me see here. I believe I do have that here. We're not going to obviously read the whole thing, but there's his press release. I'll expand that just a little bit so you guys can see it. All right, and uh, yeah, so that's www.depernolaw.com and letsfixstuff.org. Uh, where you can get more information on that. It says here, neither Defendant Benson, the Michigan Department of State, the Bureau of Elections, nor any employee, officer, or agent of the same possess uh, the requested information. Uh, so they have not given them any of that information. Again, it's like I've told you guys before, as well as you all know, when it comes to uh, uh, subpoenas, depositions, uh, discovery, uh, the left, the Democrats can take all their sweet time on that. And of course, if it's an America First MAGA or a conservative or patriot, they will want that information immediately. Okay, so I mean, there you go. They're not going to stop fightings, uh, fightings. They're not going to stop fighting for election integrity over there in Antrim County. So I would say to any of you present from Michiganistan, take heart. They are taking it. They're still taking this fight on. And at least we can see who some of these bad characters are. And I hope Senator Tice is not a real black hat. Like, I really like the way she handled um, handled that one little doe-eyed uh, minion of Wretched Gretchen Whitmer. All right. All right. We're going to end with this today, with this story. Now, you guys may remember this face, Christina Caromo, or Caramo. Now, like I said... Christina actually is um, a candidate for Secretary of State in Michigan. Now, she hand-delivered 
7,500 affidavits to Jocelyn Benson's uh, dungeon there in Michigan. Um, now, she was actually present. Now, as you can see, she's in this picture with um, Wendy Rogers, Senator Wendy Rogers of Arizona. She was actually the only person to represent Michigan. Now, this was some weeks ago. She was the only person to uh, represent from Michigan uh, um, during a... Uh, a tour of the audits that was happening at uh, the Veterans Memorial Coliseum. So, I mean, I really like this woman. Uh, and she's also part of a coalition of uh, Secretary of State candidates. Uh, because remember, guys, the National Association of Secretary of Snakes has been infiltrated by George Soros and more. And they figured out that if you have control of the Secretary of State and, of course, the AGs and other people, as long as they control them. Uh, but but don't forget the Secretary of Snakes. That is the office that is in charge of elections when it comes to state legislature. So they got um, they got control of all the Secretary of Snakes and a whole bunch of governors. Right. And so um, they they're forming a coalition. Uh, there's one from Nevada, one from California, Michigan and a few other states uh, that are representing this coalition of America first constitutional minded secretary of states that will actually do their job. So um, cheers to Christina Caromo. Or Caramo. I know I'm saying her name right there. She uh, she cleans up nicely, doesn't she? <laughs> There she is again. That's Christina Caramo. I think I'm saying that right. Caramo. I think I, I might have another one. Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to close with this uh, short video. Now she was interviewed by uh, Jordan Conradson. Uh, now this is the one that I couldn't find that I was looking for because every time they had someone take a tour or, you know, a delegation take a tour, uh, Jordan Conradson from the Gateway Pundit, uh, he would actually... Um, he would actually interview them. So I was looking for this one. I found it. Um, there's actually a new interview with her, but we'll air that at another time with Jordan because his face is just too distracting. Okay, so let's go ahead and play this. Now, this is uh, Christina Caramo over at the Veterans Memorial um, Coliseum back when they were doing, see, we're saying that now, back in the day when they were doing that uh, forensic audit over there in Arizona, since I think tomorrow they're vacating Veterans Memorial Coliseum, but we'll catch up with that on tomorrow's show. Let's go ahead and wrap this Sea uh, Report up with this interview with Christina Caramo, candidate for Secretary of State in Michigan. Candidate for Secretary of State in Michigan. She's out here in Arizona representing her state here at the Arizona Audit, giving it a review. What, what did you think of the process? It was an excellent process. The detail to chain of custody, the detail for accuracy, the detail for making sure that there's public oversight, that was incredible. The fact that they had 2,000 people signing up to be volunteers was amazing. And we need to see the same thing in the state of Michigan. As a matter of fact, next week in Michigan, there will be roughly 2,000 affidavits presented to our legislators where citizens are demanding a forensic audit. And we need to see the exact same process, line by line, replicated in the state of Michigan. We need to prove the integrity of our election process. And a forensic audit like what we see in Arizona will definitely get to the bottom of any type of impropriety in our election system. And any remedy that needs to be deployed will be made obvious with the audit, such as this one we see. It's very impressive, the level of security that's involved. You know, you can't have your phones, anything in there. The fact that they had us use red pens on blue paper 
they thought of everything that could potentially compromise this audit. So it's extremely well done. It's a bipartisan issue and everyone in the state of Michigan needs to get behind this effort in our state. So what do voters in Michigan think of the 2020 election? What's, what's the opinion? <laughs> well, if you talk to Republican voters, they are angry. That's why you have roughly 2,000 affidavits, um, and, it, and it probably will be more. That's the count, as I heard of uh, Wednesday nights, but I'm sure the count will definitely go up. Um, they are frustrated. It's not going away. It's not going away. And it's important for people to remember that this isn't just about a presidential election. I think that's the confusion that happened. That the media narrative is that we're just a bunch of disgruntled Trump supporters. That's not true. That's, that's, that's actually a lie. It's about representation. We are a republic which means that our voice is represented by the people we elect. And if the election process is compromised, that means our voice is snuffed out. So this is why election integrity is so critical. And the citizens of Michigan understand that very clear. That's why we're so adamant about cleaning up our election system immediately. Can you tell me about the Michigan Secretary of State, the Chief Election Officer? What, what, have, what have they been doing? Well, I'll tell you something about <laughs> Ms. Benson. I don't even like to call her Secretary of State. And I'm going to tell you why. Name, right? Jocelyn. I'm going to call her Jocelyn. Well, <laughs> and, and, I call, and I say it this way purposely. She actually had a link on the Secretary of State website for people to report election misinformation. Think about that. She wanted people to report their friends and neighbors for going against the government narrative. That is completely anti-American. As a matter of fact, Jocelyn Benson prompted clerks to delete certain election information by December 5th, which is a violation of election law, where you're supposed to keep that data for 22 months. So Jocelyn Benson has been caught multiple times violating election law. In fact, she made a claim while debating a state senator that signature verification was more accurate than photo ID. Well, this is interesting because she then went on to violate the Administrative Procedures Act as a judge ruled when she told clerks when verifying signatures to you know, lower the threshold as to which you consider a signature accurate or not and assume that the signature is accurate before assuming that it's fraudulent. For someone to claim that signature verification is more concrete than photo ID, it wouldn't make sense for her to lower the threshold as to which we scrutinize signatures. It would seem she would want to increase it. So she keeps committing acts that are illegal. You know, her mailing out massive amounts of ballots while our voter rolls are wildly inaccurate. Her going on mass television saying that there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud. There's no evidence of widespread election corruption. You don't need something to be widespread. It needs to be surgically applied. And even if it isn't widespread, it doesn't matter. It should be remedied immediately. She has absolutely no interest in remedying the election system. She just is seeking to corrupt it and nationalize it, which robs Michiganders of their voice. And Jocelyn Benson actually cared about the election system in the state of Michigan. She would 100% get behind the forensic audit in our state. Anything less is completely unacceptable. And everyone in our state, every elected official and every election official needs to be 100% behind this effort in our state. Wow, she must work for the same guy that Katie Hobbs works for. Oh, George Soros? Yes. Um, <laughs> Bingo. Well, uh, can you tell us about your campaign? It really sounds like you guys need a new Secretary of State. Yeah, so as I mentioned, um, well, I shouldn't say as I mentioned, because I didn't mention it, but my entire goal is to establish an election system that proves its own integrity. That's critical. With secure systems, they have to prove their own integrity. If they cannot do that, then they're not secure. 
I am a citizen's candidate. I am not running for a career move. I love my nation. I was a poll challenger at the TCF Center in Detroit. I was there for 37 hours. I witnessed multiple statutory violations. I submitted a sworn affidavit. I testified before the Senate. So I said to myself, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines anymore. I'm going to do something about it. So one of the excellent components of our campaign is I have a team of former SOS agents who've been advising me and would be the team that helped me clean up the SOS office. I've been getting advice from all types of folks and the different election experts, people who have been running elections for 20 plus years, helping us design an excellent system that will protect all voices in Michigan, irrespective of their political party. And that's the key part. It's not a Republican issue. It's an issue of protecting our republic. And that's what I'm determined to do. In, to, in addition to issues with the DMV, um, which I'm sure national voters <laughs> don't care about as much as Michiganders do. But I will say this. Michigan is one of the top three states that determine presidential election outcomes. That's really important. That's why there was such a vested interest in corrupting the office of Michigan Secretary of State. It's important for people to know Jocelyn Benson isn't even from Michigan. And that, not to say that a person with a transplant can't be a great public, public servant, but this isn't her first time trying to get into the office of Secretary of State. She even wrote a book about Secretary of State office. So for someone to be so grossly incompetent and have written a book about the Secretary of State, it seems as though her incompetency isn't incompetency, but very purposely done. So my goal is to make sure that she is a one-term Secretary of State. All right. And so... Do you have a website? Yes, my website, ChristinaForSOS.com. That's Christina with a K for SOS.com. And people can make donations. <laughs> it's going to take millions to defeat her. You can do that, or you can find out more about me on the website. All right. And do you, do you have a message to other state legislatures or other state legislators, not even in Michigan, other, other states? Um, do you have a message to them to come out? Absolutely. If you are a person who cares about election reform, and you don't come out, I have to question that. You can't be serious in my estimation. Because you've seen, we've known that the modalities in Arizona is excellent. Even if you may not find it excellent, come and see. The thing about it is our elected officials, again, we are a republic. Their job is to represent us. And if your constituents are saying, this is what we want, how dare you not go see and try to make it happen? All right, thank you. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm excited about her. Like, she excites me. That is exciting. Did you hear everything that she had to say? Like, I wish she was, oh, whoa, <laughs> I wish she was working for Secretary of State here in Texas. <laughs> oh, man, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, if you are in Michigan, I, I would say this is someone to definitely support. Um, and so that's what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. You heard what she said. She signed the affidavit. She went before the Senate. She testified. She did all of this and said, you know what? I'm not going to stand on the sidelines anymore. And I'm going to go ahead and do it. You know, and then, you know, the whole game plan is there. She has former secretaries of states um, advising her. She has former campaign managers, people who've been involved in elections for 20 plus years advising her, people who believe in her because of what she's trying to do and how they're trying to course correct what is happening in that tragic state of michigan doesn't have to be so tragic there's still a lot of hope out there ladies and gentlemen still a lot of hope out there all right guys and that brings us to the end of the c report oh let me go ahead and i guess i have to shrink that down if i want to do what i want to do where are you at boom okay 
<laughs> she's awesome. Like she is awesome. All right. Uh, and I hope everyone had a great time tonight. Thanks for hanging out with me, uh, whether you are at the Foxhole app or at the Twitch. Um, and uh, let me see real quick. I will release the Lotto, of course, for you all, ladies and gentlemen. The Lotto has been released. And uh, thank you so much, Doreen Merck, for the phone. Posse for Hope for the cookies. Uh, D Patriot 1776 for the cookie. Empress Beach to you. The cookies times three. Nakinator 79 with the shades. Um, always constant there. And I feel like there was someone else, but I, you know, I had to re, I had to reload my page, so it cut off a lot of my chat. So if I missed you, I do apologize. I'll try and catch you in the chat recap tomorrow. Um, but that does it for the C report for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, same place, same time, 7.30 p.m. Um, so until then, you guys have a great evening and, uh, you know, have a good night's sleep. And like I like to say, um, uh, don't let the bed bugs bite. But if they do, make sure you bite them back, okay? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, I'm going to scratch my pills too. Yay. Okay. Y'all have a great night. We'll see y'all tomorrow. This is Mr. C for the C Report signing out. Mm -hmm.